1: Welcome, Auburn, into the Monday edition of Sports Call, the second week of 2023. My name is Ryan LaVoy. I'm the host of this show. I've got Tom Peavy and Cam Berry with me here on this National Championship Monday. A lot to talk about today. Uh, with Tom and Cam, uh, we've got to talk about the national championship game coming up tonight: Georgia and TCU. We're going to have Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC at 4:30 to preview of that game. Also, talk some transfer portal stuff because Auburn has been very busy over the weekend in the transfer portal. They've got six players in the last two or three days via the portal and high school recruiting. We'll talk about all those guys. Also, Auburn basketball getting a big top 15 win against Arkansas over the weekend inside of Neville Arena riding the wrong that they had in Athens earlier in the week so we'll uh, recap that game as well a lot to talk about also of course birthdays and sports as always a uh, best and worst of the weekend at the end of the show and again as I mentioned previewing the last college football game of the season Georgia and TCU coming up 630 tonight again Tom Peavy Canberry join me on the show we'll start with you Tom hope your weekend was well good to see you again sir yeah Uh been a good weekend and uh the uh yeah
2: big auburn basketball win and i i gotta admit i didn't think auburn was going to win that game just because the way they had been playing the way arkansas was playing i really kind of thought well this is where the the, yeah. uh, the 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 nice little home winning streak that we've that auburn has had going you underestimate but, the power uh, of neville arena uh, yeah apparently <laughs> um and because and then that game wasn't even really close i mean auburn handled them thoroughly
1: so uh I think I saw all but, but forty eight seconds in the second half. It was a double digit lead yeah. for Auburn. Yeah. So it was it was a solid ten to fourteen point lead, yeah. really, the whole half.
2: Yeah. And, and and the thing is we have not seen that from this Auburn team this year. Even the wins have just feel like nail biters. Now that the one against Washington was a, a whooping. They they put a whooping on Washington. But a lot of these others a lot of these other wins have just been, you know, uh, as as our good caller steve talks about of, of having a heart medicine and the <laughs> stu, the pepto and things like that this it, it just hey, auburn played a great game so good on them for that and then uh this championship game tonight yeah, it'll be interesting i uh, i i would like to see a good game i i have a sneaky feeling that Georgia's is gonna run away with this thing but uh I was also wrong about TCU against Michigan because I, I, I was really thinking it was going to be Michigan versus Georgia in this and that Michigan would have a good chance of beating Georgia. And now uh, TCU showed that they're pretty good. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. It's sad that it's the last game of the year, though. No more college football until we roll yeah. around until next year. Uh this year yeah next uh, season, season later in yeah.
1: 2023 by the calendar but uh yeah it, like you said last game so we will be talking about it also Barry on the show cam i hope you enjoyed your weekend and your sunday in mercedes-benz stadium and uh welcome back to the program sir
3: yeah glad to be back i did i enjoyed the enjoyed the game with my dad um you know, got got the win, even though it was against Tampa Bay's second string uh, for most of it. I was glad just to be able to watch uh, the Falcons rookies play and, and play well, um, you know, relative to the competition of the nfl if, if that's what we're talking about um tyler algiers set the rookie record for the atlanta falcons in rushing yards i thought that was really cool uh, especially having he you know he wasn't the starter he wasn't the main back for the entirety of the season um he probably was like maybe third on the death chart at the very at the very beginning of the season and and uh worked his way up and now it's clear that he is the best running back in the room so i was glad to be able to get him to break that record and um yeah, it was fun to watch and watch Drake London play play well and Desmond Ritter as well. Um, enjoyed Saturday night in Neville Arena. Um, a quick turnaround. Uh, Saturday night, I was in Neville arena doing some video stuff from my other job and enjoying that and, and, you know, taking some video content and, uh, uh, hanging out on the, on the sidelines. And then I drove to Atlanta Saturday night, Sunday, I was in Mercedes-Benz stadium for the, for the Falcons game. So it was, it was a great weekend full of sports and I'm glad Auburn got the win. Um, switching to a zone defense, uh, against this Arkansas team was definitely crucial. A smart move by Bruce, um, because this Arkansas team couldn't can't shoot well. They they don't. They don't shoot well. Um, especially, you know, from three. And um they're they're a very drive heavy team and Bruce knew that's so probably watched some of the film from the Missouri game and said, guys, if we can just get them in the zone, they're not gonna be able to shoot out of it. Uh we just need to keep our foot on the gas. Uh, on the offensive side of things. And we'll have this this game secured and they did just that uh, when Dell had a great game came out with a vengeance as did Alan Flanagan. Um, I, I felt like those two guys uh, I mean Flanagan built off of the the solid performance that he had at UGA uh, And and that 11-point performance 18 points and then when just came had a great get right game It feel like feels like uh, 19 points led all scorers and Janai although he didn't um, have the greatest most efficient offensive game still finished with a double-double and um was great on the defensive side of the ball and uh very impactful so yeah it, w- it was great to watch auburn uh beat arkansas and hopefully they can build off of this going to oxford um tomorrow i think yes let me play in oxford tomorrow yes. so hopefully they can build off of that Ole miss is not a good team so um you know this should be a way to kind of get that that flow going on the outside of Neville Arena, you know. Um, so that that's definitely what you want to see, and uh, yeah, just
1: War Eagle. Auburn defeated Arkansas seventy two fifty nine in Neville Arena. On Saturday night, Tigers scored 36 points in each half, but it still felt like they were a little bit better offensively in the first half just because of the start they got off to. It was so important to see Wendell Green Jr. Yes. hit a three and get fouled. Uh, one, of the, I think the very first possession very of the game. Uh, he hit another three in the first couple of minutes, and then you saw Alan Flanagan get involved early. We figured he would, and he had some comments before the game about uh, holding it against Arkansas a little bit that they did not really recruit him that he was a big time recruit out of the state of Arkansas not hearing from Arkansas and so you could tell the chip was on his shoulder for that game Saturday night and this team did check an important box last week at the end of the week we played some big deal little deal or no big deal and we talked about how big of a deal this Auburn Arkansas game was and I actually said it was just as big of a deal as the Ole Miss game coming up on Tuesday, because we need to learn all. We need to learn two things. We need to learn how good a team Auburn is, regardless of home or away, and that's what they were going to do at home. And then we need to see them actually win a road game. That will be uh, what's on what's up next for them. But as far as this Arkansas game is concerned, they prove that all right. This team is still capable of some really nice things. Now. They are, again, a night and day difference home versus road, which to be fair, most teams in college basketball are, but they did check the important box of proving that at home home court does matter. This team is still capable of good things. And look, Arkansas, it might end up that they are not a top tier SEC team this year. It might end up that those injuries to a couple of their players earlier in the year might catch up to them. They may not have a very incredible season, but they're still going to be an insulated tournament team no matter what version of Arkansas we this year and it's a win just some revenge some good old revenge for the, the team that beat auburn last year was the first to do that and acted like it was the coolest thing ever when they did beat auburn yeah. last year right it's, this is one thing that just absolutely aggravated me
2: about this i try not to get too upset over stuff i see on social media but seeing a lot of the arkansas folks oh my talking about auburn like super auburn auburn bro. won your super bowl it's like Y'all rushed the court against Auburn last year. Eric Musselman did not have a shirt on. Right. Right Eric Musselman this. took his shirt off. And was waving around his head in the mob of the crowd, but yet you're going to turn around and say that Auburn
3: just won their Super Bowl? Makes no sense. Come yeah. on, like who are you to act so high and mighty in this situation? We, this is this was just another game for Auburn. Another, this was an opportunity for Auburn to get right to be a yes, highly ranked team and a, a talented Arkansas team. I mean, I I don't know if I've said this before, but the, I mean they definitely have NBA talent players on their roster. Definitely, I think a couple of those guys are probably going to go in the first round next year um but you know to say to the the fans just to say that this is auburn's super bowl it, it makes no sense you know it's just i was just sitting there just question marks in my head because yeah. it just you know what i i guess you're trying to i don't know create some type of controversy but you can't say that when last year you guys literally rushed the rushed your your court you know after beating auburn so last year Auburn was your Super Bowl. And now you're sitting here saying, you know, you are the same for us, and it's just not true at all whatsoever. Well, and I think both teams have had enough success either
1: in their program's history or at least in the last few years where no regular season game should define either one of these two programs' season. That's what's so silly about it because Arkansas has won a national championship in their history. Auburn has been to a Final Four very recently. They've been the number one team in the country just last year. So for either one of these teams to treat really any any regular season game as a as a quote super bowl or or something of a huge magnitude is should be beneath them. And yeah. so uh really the way that these two I mean it's just something about Musselman and he is a Dude. really good coach. Yes. Uh, absolutely. But he's got an edginess to him mm-hmm. that not a lot of coaches protrude and I think that's what plays into everything about Arkansas basketball right now is it's a really good program. They're getting a lot of talent. They factor into the SEC equation, and Musselman does a good job with them. But he's just got this chippiness, this edginess to him that uh, that everyone kind of comes along with in that fan base and with that team. There's definitely some chippiness with the players yeah. on Saturday night, too. You can feel the, the rivalry simmer here. But, again, you know – these two programs, again, because of Auburn's recent success and because Arkansas has some historical success, and, I mean, they've been the to tournaments here recently too, uh, they shouldn't be acting like this over a, a regular right. season game. Yeah. Uh, so that was an interesting note. But clearly a game that mattered, and Auburn does get the win. And the cool thing about basketball – is Auburn did suffer that midweek defeat to Georgia. Georgia then goes and loses at at a a questionable Florida team. Yet Auburn moves up a spot in the top 25 in the AP poll because, well, a lot of teams go one and one throughout the week because sometimes you play a road game and that road game doesn't go well. Uh, and, and and then you play the home game against a good team and it doesn't go well for the other team. It goes well for you. So uh, well, important to note, Auburn's still ranked 21st. They will play Ole Miss tomorrow night. Uh, Ole Miss, South Carolina, uh, maybe Vanderbilt, my favorites to be the bottom dwellers of the SEC. And so that will be important for Auburn to prove that they can win just a road game in the conference of any kind. Because they've got a couple more. Like I said, you know, South Carolina, it's just terrible. Did you guys see oh, yeah. how bad they, they lost from there? They bodied by Tennessee. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so there, there's still a couple, no matter how much the discrepancy between Auburn at home versus Auburn on the road, no matter how wide that is, uh, Auburn's got a real opportunity to start rattling some off here. If they can beat Ole Miss, they'll have the other Mississippi school in Neville Arena back over the
3: weekend. Yeah. And I, I will say one more thing. We were talking about uh, Musselman. Um so, I, I, was sitting, I was sitting on the sidelines of the game, right? So, I'm, like, right by Arkansas's bench. The refs had to tell Musselman to stop and to be quiet. I mean,
0: <laughs> a times.
3: solid handful of times um, just because he would – I mean, every little thing he was going – I mean, obviously, Bruce, you know, he, he can do the same thing. He gets I, animated. Yeah, you. but, I mean, Musselman is just, like, getting after them on calls that are – I mean – you know the game was the game was what the game was, and they kind of I would say the refs were not awful. They I mean they missed a couple here and there. They missed a step out of bounds, but I mean they had the back turn, so don't have eyes in the back right. of your head. It is what it is. Um, but I thought they called it a pretty solid game um, overall. I mean. Arkansas got more free throws than Auburn did. Right, uh, the fouls so, were pretty even. Yeah, but they did I mean, go the line a lot. Right, more. and so Musselman was just going after the refs. I mean, constantly. And the rest, you know, that the head head ref was like, "Stop! You got you got to stop! Like, you know, right. I'm giving you warning. Like, this is
1: probably your to last agitate warning. the referees as much or more than Bruce Pearl is yeah. saying that you are very much agitating <laughs> the, the, the referees. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so, and that's part of it. Arkansas plays, and look, again, it's not a criticism of Arkansas just from a success standpoint because they are a successful program under Muscleman, but they do play chippy, they do play physical, and physicality can be a really good thing, but. Again, the chippiness part of it, and they do go to the line a lot. We talked about their team as a whole last week that they don't shoot the three well. They shot it terribly against Auburn. Auburn shot the three much better than Arkansas did, and that's not going to happen very often this year. Hmm. Uh, But Arkansas drives, and they want to go to the line. And people will tell you, you go to Bud Walton Arena, and Auburn remembers this from last year, Arkansas is going to shoot a million free throws, and you're going to shoot five, and you're going to have to deal with it. And that's how Arkansas tries to play their team. Unfortunately for Musselman – it, on the road, you don't get as many calls for one, and two, you still got just as many as Auburn did, yeah. and it's because you didn't make a single f- a single thing from the field, and Arkansas, by the way, missed bad. a lot of they their free throws. a lot right? of free throws. Uh, I, I joked on Press Row, is, is Auburn shooting these free throws for Arkansas? Because <laughs> uh, Auburn shot at 17 of 22 from the foul line. That's 77%. Yeah. I'll take that every yes, single game every in college basketball. Every single game. Man. Arkansas shot 19 of 32, so they shot 10 more free throws than Auburn, yet they yep only made two more yep you know wow. if they shoot 25 26 of 32 that's a game that maybe comes down the wire arkansas still doesn't win it but they at least it's put game pressure it's on auburn yeah, it's a throughout. different situation um so i mean look they, they had opportunities at the foul line i think they even started worse than that i think they started like 7 yeah, of 14 they, were, they
3: started off very
1: bad from the line so uh it for, was yeah. yeah, it was a very interesting game. Uh, was some chippiness, but a big get for Auburn to win that game. Again, established the importance of Neville Arena, established that they are still a very good team at home. I, I was glad to see
2: Alan Flanagan have, have a good game because yeah. he, he's a guy that has, over the last two years, uh, has caught a lot of crap from us and a lot of Auburn fans because he just has not been playing well ever since the injury. His first season, he was great. Then he had the injury. All of last season, he struggled, and most of this season has been kind of a struggle for him. But to see him actually to show that he's still got the game, I was very happy to see that, and and I think that's a positive that Auburn can look forward to because, again, it's something we've always said is like if they can just get Alan Flanagan to get the good solid minutes of production, that is going to help them out because. They need that so bad, and, and you just have not been getting it, which I finally got it in that game, and that was, that was good to see.
3: Yeah, just need a little bit more consistency. I think that's yeah. really all that we want from playing again. I, again, I said on Friday, I, I, we just need 11 just a a solid 10 to you know 10 to 15 from flanagan and that will make a world's difference in the rest of the team because that truly will make the the other teams want to treat him as an actual scoring threat which opens up so much more for everybody else Uh, but if he's missing like crazy it it just it doesn't help anybody whatsoever so yeah i'm glad to see that he's he's improving he was definitely coming out with a certain type of action and vengeance with against this Arkansas team and um, hopefully he can build on it Auburn
1: with a big win over Arkansas 72 59 ranked 21st now in the AP poll we might talk a little bit more about the men's basketball team if we have time a little bit later on but a lot to do including your phone calls at 334-887-34 and locally or toll free at 1-889-TIGER9 we'll go to that Auburn banking phone line when we come back this is the Monday edition of sports call
0: Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn.
4: This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call.
1: Welcome back to the Monday edition of Sports Call. Ryan, Tom, and Cam with you here. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member, FDIC, equal housing lender. Give us a call and join Sports Call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 9 tiger 9 Auburn Bank is our proud sponsor of the sports call phone line. And with that, let's go let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. And we've got James from Montgomery. James joins us. James, how are you doing? I'm
5: good and War
1: Eagle. War Eagle.
5: Yeah, we have made it to the National Championship weekend uh week. Uh it, it's here. It, it's it's ready and ready to go.
2: So what's your prediction to, for tonight?
5: Um, my predictions will be TCU fifty nine to Georgia twenty actually, yeah, fifty nine to twenty.
1: Wow, that, that would nice. That would be a, a big blowout that not a lot of yeah. people would see coming. I would love
3: that, James.
5: Yeah, because I, I've been looking at TCU all week, uh, over the weekend. I've been, you know, trying to see uh, you know, their quarterback, I mean, their their quarterback for TCU reminds me of like a young Tom Brady when he first started in the NFL draft, and and I'm just really, you know, seeing what uh, I think is uh, who, who's the quarterback for uh, TCU
3: for TCU Max Duggan. I feel like he I I feel like he kind of more resembles. Were you talking about TCU's quarterback that has the comparison to Tom Brady? Yes, yes I feel nice. I, I feel like he more compares to say like Tim Tebow. Yeah. That that kind of player.
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably uh, I always think about like Tim Tebow or um maybe somebody like in the in the NFL Hall thing you know, that played at TCU. So I don't know any guys that that played at TCU, but I think he he resembles a uh, uh Tim Tebow like as Type person as well.
1: Yeah, the uh, the main TCU quarterback I can think of in the NFL is Andy Dalton, uh, not headed towards the Hall of Fame. But, uh, yeah, I think with Max Duggan, I think what defines him is that he's just a really gritty football player, and he's not necessarily the strongest arm or the fastest, but he makes important plays for TCU at important times. He's been a very clutch player, and uh, he's just a hard guy to, to stop. Tebow.
5: Okay. Yeah, because I, I mean – I mean Georgia they they're really they're really going to take take time out and and seeing what uh, what they're really going to step up, you know, in tonight's game against TCU because I think TCU they're really going to they're really going to be hopping all over the field as well.
1: Yeah, Horn Frogs do try and hop around. James, you're very clever there for sure.
5: <laughs> yeah, so um, I mean it, this is a this is not like a Alabama Georgia this is not like a Alabama, Florida, Tennessee, Texas A&M team that Georgia is playing. This is a a, a strong TCU team that played played before in in um, in the national championship before as well. So this will be, uh, you know, historic wise. This will be, you know, if TCU wins, this would be their first win since nineteen thirty eight as well. So they'll be. Adding their name to a lot of 1938 national championship head coaches that actually played in the national in the national championship game as well.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time since TCU won one, and that means they've not been in one in a long time too. But uh, it will be very interesting for Sure. What else is on your mind, James?
6: Well,
5: I am. Um, I, I've been looking at Auburn uh, men's basketball and Auburn women's basketball. But on the men's side, I'm I'm very very happy that we uh, did a gr- an amazing job last night against Arkansas. That was really good. Um, I saw some I saw some really good highlights of um, Janaya Broom. I mean, it was like the Janaya Broom show. It was his show last night over the weekend, and he was doing really good. I think with Janaya, I think he looks like a second or third round uh, NBA draft pick as well.
1: Yeah, it's uh, Janai Broom, and uh, yeah, yeah, with uh, with two rounds in the NBA draft, obviously he'd be shooting for the the second round there. But uh, I think uh, it was very key to get him, but also Alan Flanagan and Wendell Green Jr. to have really good uh, offensive nights, and it certainly was a good win for Auburn.
5: Yes, as well. And then on the women's side, I'm very disappointed that we couldn't we couldn't even win against Alabama. So we we had a slow start, but I think, I mean, it it was some key mistakes that need to be looked at. So I think with um, different players I'm looking at, I I just see that I I probably see Auburn and Alabama playing that matchup again. And, I mean, they they should have won that one, you know, fair and square on, um, on Sunday night as well.
1: Yeah, uh, Alabama uh, beat Auburn pretty bad uh, yesterday, that was for sure. And uh, Auburn does have a couple injuries right now on their women's basketball team, but still a 30-point game. Uh, very decisive in favor of Alabama. And you're right, Auburn will play Alabama again this year. That one will be in Tuscaloosa.
5: Yeah, so I would actually be up there. I think that game is in February of this year. i kind got to look at the schedule on that one.
1: That sounds about right.
5: Yes. And then to – well – Later on that night, I was watching the uh, women's gymnastics from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and um, I think Sunisa Lee, uh, Suni Lee, excuse me, Suni Lee. Actually, uh, we we didn't win the first two sets, but we won. We didn't win the first two meets, but we won the last meet against Michigan. So I think that was a really good uh, thing that we actually did for uh, the Auburn women's gymnastics program as well. So I'm very, very happy and intrigued that, you know, Suni, Suni Lee actually did what she had to do in Las Vegas, Nevada as well.
1: Yeah, she, uh, she got a 10 on, a, I believe, the beam. And uh, Auburn had their highest score to start a season in program history. So a really good start for Auburn gymnastics. Just another thing or two with us, James, and then we've got to move on and, and take another caller. So uh, how about some final thoughts for us?
4: Well,
5: uh, with the Super Bowl coming in right around the corner, I'll probably see Dallas and Buffalo playing or meeting up in the Super Bowl this year as well, so I'm just going to see how Monday night will go with uh, Tom Brady and Dak Prescott, so I'm just going to see uh, what's going to happen next Monday night as well.
1: Yeah, James, uh, you and I will we'll have our teams play each other again, and, and this one will be a, a very big one. and. Uh, I, I wish your Cowboys well, and uh, obviously um, it will be a big time matchup. And uh, I will be at that one, so I will. Uh, we'll definitely have to see how that one goes.
5: Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good uh, matchup. I know we're a good, um, we're a good long friends. So you know, it, it could actually happen that the Cowboys and uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers might meet up in the Super Bowl. We'll just have to we'll just have to see how things go on Monday
1: night. Yeah, unfortunately, both teams can't win that one, but uh, they will be meeting up in the playoffs, and and that will be a big game for sure. Well, James, we appreciate the phone call today, and uh, we hope to hear from you again tomorrow. All right,
5: sounds good, and War Eagle.
1: War Eagle, that is James from Montgomery joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341, locally or toll-free. One triple eight nine tiger nine. Let's go right back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Daryl from Auburn. Daryl joins us. Daryl, how are you doing? Hey guys, what's going on? Not much. Just a lot of sports going on right now, my friend.
7: Yeah, and you won't be disappointed if I direct a question to Tom Peavy. Will you?
1: Not at all. That's why he's on the show. <laughs>
7: uh, okay. What's Mr. up, Peavy. Yes, sir. Uh, you're not quite as old as I am but you're a big uh, movie critic and uh, follow television shows. Is that correct? Uh,
2: Yes, um, I I wouldn't say a big movie critic, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I watch my fair share of television.
7: Well, you're almost as old as I am. and um, You ever seen uh, NCIS?
2: Uh, I'm familiar with the show, but I have not really watched it.
7: All right. What about the movie Elf?
2: Yes, I, I like the movie Elf.
7: Okay. Well, you know, it's sort of like I compare Auburn to the movie Elf. Okay. Uh, The Auburn spirit is alive. Uh, Just like in the movie Elf, when Santa Claus told Buddy that Christmas spirit makes a sleigh fly, the same is true with the Auburn spirit. It makes the eagle fly. You just got to believe.
2: There you go. And then...
7: uh, uh, and that's and that's how I think about things, you know. I'm, yeah, I don't do internet. I don't follow, follow uh, Las Vegas or, E.G. Marshall or whoever Philip Marshall or whoever that guy is, you know. But uh, I think Wendell Green was on fire.
1: Yes, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he had a uh, a very big night, and again, setting the tone for Auburn was huge.
7: Yeah. And then uh, are you waiting for my uh, postseason prediction for Auburn?
1: I didn't know you had a postseason prediction, Daryl. So, yeah, go ahead.
7: Well, I'm very optimistic. You know, I think after the turnaround from the Georgia game, Earl uh, just brought that team together. I think the guys are going to come together. And then uh, I think we're going to make it to the Sweet 16. You know, and – I'm not a sports kind of guy, you know. I'm not very ignorant about uh, basketball, you know. Not as much about football. but uh, And then yeah, uh, you know, I think, you know, who led this team through that victory? Who's that? Sonny Smith.
1: Okay. Sonny on the call. No. We, we talked about that, and uh, Sonny did uh, return to the mic there at the home game. We did talk about that last week.
7: No, 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 Yeah, I was disappointed, you know, and no reflection on Coach Campy. I I have great respect for him, but, um, Andy Burcham, it's just that contrast in their voices and the way Sonny expresses himself, it keeps the listeners, well, the listeners are going to be interested, you know, I I live by the radio, but he just is such a great color commentator, um, and then it, it just sort of keeps you in the game, keeps you listening. And uh, I usually go to sleep about nine o'clock, but it, I was up to about eleven listening to post game show.
1: Oh well, wow. yeah. I mean, I and yeah, uh, Sonny is very entertaining, and uh, that broadcast team. Obviously, we love what uh, the job that Andy Bertram does as the voice of the Auburn Tigers as well. And uh, it was, uh, I'm sure, a very fun game. It was a fun game to watch. I'm sure it was fun to listen to as well.
7: Well, you know. Uh, you know how I am. You know, I just don't believe. Well, I'm just too cheap to pay for cable or Internet, you know, and I will listen to the radio, and I'm, I'm dependent on the library for DVDs and my personal collections. But between the both of them, it keeps me entertained, and uh, uh, sure. I don't have to pay anything for Internet. I probably save about 150 a month, I guess, between the two of them.
1: Yeah, and some people uh, like to do that, so that is uh, perfectly reasonable
7: okie okay, dokie well I'll let you get on I just want to get on the phone, uh, phone before a retired Ward M. Steve and I hope he's changed his opinion about how the uh, season's going to go
1: well I got you Darrell we appreciate the phone call and uh, we'll hear from you soon um, uh, Soon, I'm sure
7: okie okay, dokie I'll call you after the game at Ole Miss and uh, um, are we favored in that game?
1: Uh, they haven't come out with the lines yet but I would assume even on the road Auburn would be favored yes Okie dokie. Well, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, Daryl, we appreciate that phone call. That is Daryl from Auburn joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. We need to take another commercial break. More of Auburn's First and Auburn's favorite sports talk show right after this.
0: Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m.
2: If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio.
0: We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Now back to the multi-time Abbey Award winning Sports Call.
1: sports call continuing on on this monday afternoon my name is ryan LeBoy. i've got tom Peavy and cam berry with me here this afternoon just had a couple of phone calls from daryl and james appreciate all of our listeners and our callers and with that let's just go right back to it 334-887-341 locally Toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. Back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Wardam Steve, retired Wardam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you, my friend?
6: Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Uh, how about you guys? How was your weekend?
2: Uh, weekend was great. Busy, yeah. busy weekend. A lot of I, traveling. I, yeah, I cooked a lot of food yesterday. I had a uh, uh, a Christmas slash beginning of the year party that I had to attend. Uh, last night and so i was on a smoker all day yesterday dang
6: wow so uh, you were sweating a lot huh i not
2: sweating but I, uh just up and down checking the heat and doing everything that you do i don't have one of those smokers that you just set the temperature and let it go i actually have to monitor the heat and add wood and stuff like that so yeah quite okay, the process so you
6: do it the old-fashioned way huh oh
2: yeah stick burning all the way
6: okay all right well good to hear somebody uh both of you guys all three of you guys had a good time. Cam, you went to the game, for the basketball game, right?
3: Yes, sir, I did.
6: What was the uh, uh, audience? I guess uh, participation and uh, level of a uh, vibe of a uh, loudness like?
3: Oh yeah, it was I, I through the roof. Very, very, very loud. Yeah. Um, uh, Neville Arena showed out all the Auburn fans. I, that stadium was full. Uh, it, Auburn Arena was full.
6: Yeah. Well, we finally saw what I was hoping to see: the uh, the potential of some players that we had been uh, really missing. And I'm talking about Wendell Green. Um, I'm talking about uh, Mr. Alan Flanagan. Uh, they, they, they came back from missing in action.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I think Wend just had a bad game, um, especially against UGA. I, I think just overall, you know, bad games happened. We're, we'll, we can chalk that up to these being young kids and still, you know, figuring out the flow of the game and stuff. Um, When still is our you know, what has been our leading scorer I don't know if he is now it was Jani for a second But I think he and he and Wendell are really close in that points per game right now hovering around 13 Um, so that might have gone up now Uh, and and it might be when but um, Yeah, I mean that bad games happen bad shooting games happen. Everybody has them Um, You just got to be able to it's it's really not having a string of bad games in a row that you know you don't want it that's that's where you're starting to really come into question of okay, like is this really this type of player? Can he do so and so for us um and really help us win um as you can see, Wendell can clearly bounce back from bad performances and and prove that you know he can still be um a guy that can help Auburn win basketball games
6: and you made a key keep comment there uh camp and uh. Tom, you've said to me numerous times, I, I still don't get it, you know, um, anybody can win on you know, any given night. I'm hoping that what we saw Saturday night is going to be the trend, the consistent trend, and not what was the game for that. Georgia. I hope that was, like you said, Camp, a bad night. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're we're going to find out uh, tomorrow night, too, right? Because uh, old Miss, you know, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and they're not juggernaut either, neither with Georgia. Uh, so I'm not taking any, any games, especially on the road, uh, for granted. Uh, and Janiah Broom, uh, he's coming along. Another double-double, right?
1: Yep, 10 yes. points, 10 rebounds, and uh, had a little bit more of an impact later in the game. But, uh, yeah, just added to the, the good play of Flanagan and, and Wendell Green.
6: And with Chance, even uh, on the bench, I, I didn't notice him. Was he there?
3: Yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was there. He just didn't play. Just didn't play. Um, uh, will we see him at all? You think, guys, or what? I, I think he just needs—he uh, he just needs some work. You know, I, I think. Uh, his his adjustment is just going to take a little bit longer. We're we're you know I think Bruce is trying to figure out the best situation for him, but right now it seems like he's lost his minutes. Uh, Trey Donaldson has outplayed him. I mean especially at the in the point guard um, realm, and and so I think he's just slowly you know how Bruce does. You know he keeps the rotation wide, and then he slowly cuts down to his his rotation of guys that he's really going to use that he thinks is going to be able to help him. Um, help you know help the team and win you know multiple games so i i think you know chance he had those early minutes um but he struggled and and couldn't make shots was turning the ball over and um had no real impact on the game um at any point so i think that's just really what happened and why he's um not getting any playing time
6: Right, and uh, I guess same same thing goes to me just morning, KD because he brings such passion, you know, energy to the team. But you know, he's not been attacking uh, the basket like he's been known to do, guys. So uh, I don't know what it's going to take for him to get that spark back. And then I want to ask you about this was because we the, the fouls has got to get better. Uh, we sent Arkansas. Thank God they only have fifty nine percent at the free throw line, uh, but they went thirty two times, and one of them was called a technical right at the end of the game was it by, uh, by Jani Broome for, well, what did he do, guys? I mean, I was watching <laughs> the game, but I could make out, uh, he said something, right? So that, so, um, the player.
3: so that actually happened right in front of me. He blocked, and I think he did like a little taunt. What? He blocked the shot, and I think he did a little taunt, and, and Jani and, and another of Arkansas big men had kind of been going back and forth, just kind of like slow-key, all game. Well, did
6: that warrant, did that warrant a technical?
3: I, I mean, the ref had repeatedly told both of them to stop, um... I didn't know that. I, yeah. But uh, both multiple times, both of them. Um, he told them they both have to chill. And, and um, so I guess Jani did that. And, and that warranted a tech uh, in the referee's eyes. Just, I think he just kind of wanted to keep control of the game, which I can understand because it was getting the game. Yeah, it was at the end of the game, but it was still getting a little bit chippy. You don't want things to get out of hand whatsoever. Um, so it just kind of let the game end smoothly. Um, tech him up fine. It, it didn't have any true impact on the game. Um, you know now if it were closer and, and things you know happened the way that they did, I would have definitely have said that changed the game but it didn't. Um, and so I think the ref just wanted everybody to just kind of calm down so he gave Jani the tech just to kind of show hey, I'm not playing around. Um, I mean I think that was a show for the coaches. I think that was a show for the players um, that you know you guys gonna gonna have to chill, chill a little bit talking to the refs a lot um, and relax about how the game is being called.
6: Okay, I just thought a little bit late. The game to be calling a cut on somebody, but and then yeah. what about the flop? Was that warranted? That they do are doing a lot of things on Flannion, wasn't it? Oh, I don't remember that call. So the flop that was called.
2: I thought that was in the there was a flop. He got called for a flop in the Georgia game.
6: No, no, it was on well, last night. It was on Saturday night's game too. Hmm. I forgot
2: hmm.
6: sure who it was. The I, I, announcer I said, "Well, that was kind of you know questionable."
2: Right. I I know he got called I for the flop that. in the Georgia game, but I didn't see the one.
6: Okay. In this all one. Right. Uh, moving yeah. on, guys. Uh, is our football team going to become uh, known as the uh, Portal King?
2: <laughs> well, I you, I, you can, know I going gonna, at it, man. Yeah, I I don't know that they're. I don't know that they're going to be the portal king, but for right now, that's what you got to have. Uh, if you,
6: well, on the weekend, Tom, I think we had like three or four commitments, even from the portal transfers.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they've been doing a great job on the portal, but that's something that we, you know, everybody knew that that's what was going to have to happen. If you want to have some, at least some immediate, at least immediate success then you're going to have to get some guys in the portal to fill the holes because you can't just rely on true freshmen to come in here because then you're going to be looking at a two- to three-year build. If you can really hit hard on the transfer portal and get guys in here that have already played and have that experience, then that will set you up for a lot better success. So good on Coach Hugh Freeze for doing that. And uh, uh, if if that's what they're going to keep doing, then keep doing it.
6: Right. The previous uh, coaching staff, I think we had zero –
2: Oh yeah, I mean we we I mean we were losing players instead of bringing players in.
6: Yeah, speaking of losing players, Texas has been losing uh, some uh, players too, haven't they?
2: They have lost a lot of players.
1: Yeah, we had uh, we had that on the show last week. Twenty seven as of last week in the portal. Twenty seven.
6: Wow. And uh, you know if it's if it's not bad enough that we have to you know, uh, contend with Alabama and Georgia in football, but now basketball too with Alabama. Come on, I mean. I saw where they uh, scored the most points against Calipari's Kentucky team uh, in program history. Uh, That was a witch-head beating.
1: Yeah, I mean, they clearly were the better team and I expected the game to be competitive. I expected it, Alabama, to win it, but not but not in such dominant fashion. I mean, they made Oscar Chibwe look like a normal dude. Uh, they played really good defense, which is the element to Alabama that they've started to re-add here this year. They've, they've been really good offensively under Nate Oates, but this team defends a lot better than some of the other teams have. And so uh, Alabama is no joke. They are, well, they are Alabama, very good.
6: I'm going to ask you, Ron, is this an indication of that game Saturday that Alabama is that – much better than Kentucky or Kentucky's really that bad this year
1: they are that much better than Kentucky I think um, oh yeah they they uh, the Alabama is going to have a chance to be in the final four this year. They're that good, Ouch. and yeah. Kentucky
6: so, so. <laughs> and Kentucky
1: is struggling that mightily. I mean, I, I think yeah, the marriage um, between John Calipari and Kentucky is it's in its final stages, souring so, for sure. Um, wow. I, I think both are true in that case. I mean, when you have that demonstrative of the win of a win, and Alabama played a really good non-conference schedule, they have some good wins. So this is not their first quality game this year. They beat Houston at Houston, and that's Houston's only loss of the. The number one team in the country. so
6: Okay, I'm getting yeah. nauseated already. There you go. Yep. Just a couple, right.
1: couple move more move minutes before move the on. end of yeah, the hour, Steve. real quickly. Yep. Uh,
6: Mr. Uh, Dan Carson made NFL history Saturday.
1: Yeah,
2: first, was it 10, uh, 50-plus yard goals?
6: He made 11 this season of field goals beyond 50 and beyond. Never yeah. before done in one season. He made NFL history. Yep.
2: And he still didn't, he didn't, didn't make, make the Pro
6: Bowl. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Okay, and... Uh, about tonight's game, guys. I'm, I'm pulling TCU. Uh, I don't know who you guys are pulling for. It'll probably, you know, I uh, don't know, a realistic uh, chance for them, but I'm hoping they they can uh, maybe uh, have a defense that can actually rattle on this for a Guys, thanks for uh, everything you allowed me to rattle on today. And oh, uh, you guys, especially for you, Ryan, uh, if you haven't seen Avatar, I you, saw. you need you need to go see it
3: yeah i saw it on thursday it was it was a good one
6: yeah i, I gave it a, a, a 10 plus or 11 it's better to me than the first one
3: awesome i,
1: I look forward to seeing it for sure
6: yep yeah. if you haven't seen kaleidoscope check it out
1: we will do that as well
6: really good all right thank you for your time guys Y'all have a good afternoon and uh let's see if tcu might upset some people over uh jeff's way
1: we will see thank you for the phone call steve all right.
6: Board, War
1: Eagle, guys. More Eagle, that is retired Ward MC joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. Out of time, in hour number one, a lot still to do. Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC at 4.30. Birthdays in sports still coming up. A preview of the National Championship game and a lot more to get into. we got to talk transfer portal as well with everything Auburn's been doing. A lot to come in the next couple of hours of Sports Call. Stay tuned.
0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two getting
1: underway on this Monday afternoon. Ryan Lilloy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here this afternoon. Fun first hour, a lot of phone calls on our Auburn Bank phone line. And uh, enjoyed talking to Steve, Daryl, and James and now on to hour number two. Again, coming up at four thirty, we will have Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC talk about the SEC's bowl season, talk about the national championship game coming up tonight, and some transfer portal items, which we are going to get to right now. As it was a busy weekend for the Auburn Tigers, and that was a good thing. And uh, Auburn has had a very successful run in the portal here. As of late, really, just since Hugh Freeze arrived uh, to the Plains. So here is the last three or four days worth of commits here for Auburn football. I'm just going to run them all down real quick. So it uh, started off late in the week last week with Western Kentucky offensive tackle Gunner Brenton. Again, we talked a little bit about him on the show. Uh, LSU linebacker DeMario Tolan. It was a four-star prospect that went to LSU last year. Only played in a couple of games, but DeMario Tolan transferring to Auburn. Purdue defensive tackle Lawrence Schotts, who I believe is down to one year of eligibility uh, has started at Purdue before Maryland defensive tackle Maziah Nasili Kiete easy for me to say, uh, and he uh, also a defensive lineman like the uh, like Lawrence Johnson of Purdue, and then a couple of DB high school commits uh, Tyler Scott and C J Johnson Johnson a safety and Scott a corner. Uh, in the 2023 class Auburn's class now I believe up to 16th in the recruiting rankings not too chabby for being around uh, (laughs) 60th a month or two ago so they brought in a top 20 almost top 15 high school recruiting class and as you can hear uh, I think they're up to 8 or 9 I have to double check this 8 or 9 transfer portal gets already uh, for Auburn they have been very busy
2: They, they have been very busy and and it really, again, we we said this on on the signing day uh, back in December. It it really shows what was not happening uh, with Brian Harsin and that staff. I mean, for for Hugh Freeze and these guys to come in here and do what they're doing this quick, it really makes you wonder what what in the world was going on with with that previous staff. How how are they not doing this? Right. Um, and so. Uh, it, it really does get you excited about the future of this program because you're bringing in uh, guys that can make an immediate impact. And like we were talking about with uh, – with, uh, was it Steve that brought up the portal – was it was Steve talking
1: about the portal say, uh, a little bit ago? I think so. Also, can I can I add one? Sure. Because uh, five minutes ago, Auburn got oh, another one. I man. I can't even stay up to date. Auburn five minutes ago has landed former Cincinnati and Hawaii wide receiver Nick Mardner. He is a six oh, six oh, wide yeah. receiver that nearly put up a thousand yards in two thousand twenty one. I went to the on three just to get my total number correct, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't recognize this name. This name was not on my list he's uh, six Nick six. Yeah, Nick's Marner. Marner six six wide receiver five minutes ago committing to Auburn and can barely keep up with all this so more he's more got the, he's
3: got the connection with um, with Marcus Davis yeah um yeah uh, oh my gosh that's crazy I, well, and and I to work. I, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, but now here's the other thing.
2: Uh, I, we haven't seen a receiver that big here at Auburn in a long time. Yep. Yeah. And that is a very uh, stereotypical type guy that Hugh Freeze likes. Uh, if you've ever, you know, go back to his times at Ole Miss, he had some big wide receivers. And that's one thing he likes. And, a, and Auburn has not had that. A, a guy that you can just kind of throw it up to in the general direction, have a guy that big be, just be able to
1: go up. Does and, it justify oh, no, a, a try at the fade? Yes. Or are we still oh, just yes. Ant, yes. So anti-fade? <laughs> try I, one that, fade to now a That six, justifies two. a fade. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, a fade to a
3: guy that's if, six. If you, six if sure. If you have a quarterback but, that can put it in the right spot. Maybe the spot, only time, yeah.
2: But not a fade, not a fade with, no. with the game on the line to 5'10". Right. Sure. So fair. But... Um, but uh, yeah i mean they, these guys are doing work and, and it's so so good to see and they're bringing in guys that um, uh, they're bringing in people in positions that were such a big need offensive line they've they have they have basically just revamped auburn's entire offensive line through the transfer portal it's incredible yeah but again what, what was this other staff doing Clearly, I, I, it was nothing, what they were not doing. Or what they were not doing. I mean, what is they they, what are they were they even trying? That's my
3: it right. was like were they even trying? Enjoying some famous Do, Idaho potatoes. Oh my goodness gracious. In their so. spare time. Uh talking about um wide receiver Nick Nick Martyrs. Somebody quoted the tweet of his commitment and said six six, can he shoot the three ball?
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my well, that's gosh, that's like man. the um yeah, well, and and you know, the opposite was the the opposite was the case when uh, Auburn got the commitment on in basketball from the seven foot three hundred and was he yeah. yeah. seven foot three ten, seven foot three fifteen, yeah. and and the opposite was like, uh, can he play offensive yeah, line? Because at that time, he was like, we have, we have no none. linemen. <laughs> so but they have awesome, they've been man. just tearing it up on this on this recruiting deal, and uh, again, it makes you it makes you feel like. You made the right choice with coach because uh, it, it, when you look at what is now happening with Ole Miss and their lack of recruiting uh, over there with uh, Lane Kiffin, it kind of makes you feel like you dodged a bullet there. Uh, the Deion Sanders hype that you know—I was one of those. I'm not seeing a lot of that out there at Colorado. They've they've gotten some. They they have surely gotten some. Oh yeah. But I I Haven't seen any sort of like just Earth-shattering recruiting transfer Portal stuff with him at Colorado And then of course he made the uh, You know the comments about how He wouldn't meet he absolutely would Not meet with boosters and that That's not – you know, I want to spend more time with the players and I'm not meeting boosters and things like – well, you know, sorry, Dion, but uh, those are things that you have to do. Does
3: Colorado even have boosters? Oh, I'm sure they've got (laughs) – Every school's got to have uh, some. They got something. They They – talked about how you know how are they going to be able to pay a salary and the, no. the athletic director was like we don't have it yet but we'll figure it out so no. how much money do they really
2: have we don't know so but uh but yeah i mean for for the controversy that came with uh, the hugh freeze hire it really feels like auburn made the right move there and uh he's yeah, kind of excited man
3: yeah I'm, I'm, it does. I'm excited about it yeah he's definitely injected um, just I mean all of these commitments um and Auburn being on a national stage again in the sense of you know um all, they had an all-american Tyler Scott he uh he committed at the all-american game you know to Auburn right and that, I mean that's a big deal you know seeing seeing these guys that are committing to Auburn and and Tyler Scott even said I was telling Ryan this earlier. He didn't commit for the playing time, he committed for the culture. He said that. He said right. I didn't commit for, you know, to really he's cuz I think the question was how did playing time factor into your decision in choosing Auburn? And he said it really didn't. He said I, I really wanted to come in for the culture and how, you know, how Hugh Freeze is building a team out there and um, you know, he likes Etheridge and and so that's I mean, that's awesome that that Um, players are making decisions like that, not based off just playing time. Obviously, you know, Ryan also said, you know, we'll see in two years if he, if he, if that, if that really stays true. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's awesome what, what Hugh Freeze is building. A lot of people were hesitant about this, including myself. Um, and he has, I, I mean, he's backed it up and then some and, um, continuing to rebuild, and bring Auburn back to the prominence right. that a lot of people expect at least the fan base expect Auburn to be. And and well, you know, obviously we gotta see how this is gonna translate
2: to the field because it's
3: a lot of transfers. So getting the getting people to you know, getting all these guys. Um, mixing the young guys with the transfer guys to get them to all gel. And, I mean, this will be a completely rebuilt and retooled team if we're being 100% honest. Um, I think, you know, we have our, our kind of core guys, but, I mean, we're bringing in a lot of new faces, um, whether they be high school guys or or transfer guys. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how, they, how it does translate onto the field. Um, yeah, it's exciting, though. For the record, the on three transfer rankings, Colorado is
1: 16th right now Auburn is 10th Colorado has 20 kids committed they are just or in the coming to them via transfer portal Auburn has eight currently but obviously the quality right. much better coming to Auburn uh, some of those transfers are just Jackson State guys now some of those Jackson state guys are legit but others are just you know normal Jackson State guys uh, that well, are not ranked as highly yeah well I mean Shadur, Shadur Jackson is going to be really good
2: for them and Four then uh, and then uh, Travis uh, Travis five star um, five star Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the other guys are like, okay. Cool. Right. Um, so Auburn's eight again to uh, just remind everyone. So Nick Mardner is fresh. That is as of 10 minutes ago. Again, the 6'6 six, six wide receiver coming over from Cincinnati. Uh, Lawrence Johnson. Coming from Purdue, a defensive lineman, 6'4, 285. Demario Tolan, the uh, four star linebacker last year that went to LSU uh, out of Kissimmee, Florida, uh, 6'1, 205 linebacker. Mosiah Nasili Kiete, uh, coming from Maryland, a defensive lineman, 6'2, 298. 6'6, 275 tackle, Gunner Brinton, uh, coming from Western Kentucky, was rated as one of the higher ranked offensive tackles. In the portal fifth to be exact. Uh, You've got Dylan Wade, another offensive tackle coming from Tulsa. And uh, then you've got uh, Elijah McAllister coming from Vanderbilt, a 6'6 to 30 linebacker. And then someone that a lot of people are excited about, tied in Rivaldo Fairweather coming from Florida International. So, again, I believe by that count that is eight players. Uh, coming yep. to Auburn there in the portal thus far. Uh, and uh, a little bit of everything there. you got a wide receiver, a tight end, uh, some offensive alignment, some defensive linemen, a linebacker there. Uh, and also important, though, I read the other day that Auburn – I forget his name now, but Auburn looking at the running back from South Florida uh, from last year that had about 1,200 rushing yards last year at USF. Of course, Auburn was wanting to get – um, what was it? Uh, Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State that ultimately went to Washington. So it looks like Auburn's uh, next goal there is uh, to try and, and look at that South Florida running back right. with 1,200 yards in the AAC last year. But uh, uh, still, obviously, there. <laughs> It's, it's wild to say because they've, got, they've gotten so much here just in recent days. Still work to do with the big numbers that they depleted, and I think a lot of people are now going to start to focus on, you know, one or two more offensive linemen, but going to start to focus on if they do something at the quarterback That's position. That's what
2: I was just about to say. The quarterback position uh, – is one, and there's been guys that keep popping up on the radar. Uh, the last was the uh, Sanders kid from Oklahoma State, but it sounds like Auburn may have passed on him or moved on from him just from things that I read. Uh, I, I still firmly believe that Auburn is going to and really needs to find a, a quarterback in that transfer portal, even if it's not to, for a guy that you think is going to come in and take over for Robbie. Sure. It's to create competition. but Well, to create competition, but also to give you some depth there because, yeah. you know, you still got Holden Gurner right but i mean you've got you've got robbie and holden and 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 you did get a preferred walk on but uh you know tj finley is obviously not going to be a part of anything and and calzada's gone so um right you, you got it you've got to have some depth there and and so find somebody in that transfer portal who can come in oh and, isn't
3: uh isn't hank brown is he 2024 or is he 2023 not sure the lipscomb academy the one that was previously he was previously committed to liberty and then he uh he uh oh he's 2023 so we do have one coming in it's
2: okay this so is one, yeah. he's a
3: three-star so we do have have he is coming in he was previously committed to liberty and then he uh he he signed he committed to auburn the day he got the offer um so yeah uh, we do have one, so that that's one more quarterback, right. a, a freshman coming in. But I do agree that you want to bring in one more transfer quarterback, uh, have four in the room, and uh, one that's really going to give some some competition to Robbie Ashford uh, and push him a little bit more.
2: Well, and that's the thing. I think if, you know, try to find one in the portal that that does have a good bit of game experience, oh, yeah. and, and that could potentially be your your starting quarterback. I, I like Robbie Ashford, but I, I don't know. Uh, he, he's got he's so raw. He, they, yeah. There's a lot of uh, uh, just a lot of of coaching and training and things that are going to have to be done with him and development that can be refined. It can be. Um, that can be refined. Now now his running game is outstanding. Love it. it the passing game, you know, he, it, it, if he, if, if he can if he can drop the dimes like he dropped a couple against Alabama and that's great if you can consistently do that but but there were many other times that he'd sell one into the bench to a wide open guy so yeah. He you said know.
3: it himself. He said, "Y'all gonna stop disrespecting me? I'm coming out." Different. <laughs> so look, I, I, I hey, mean, I'm I like not, it. I'm not disrespecting. No, no, that, no. But I, but I like it though. Yeah. You know, I, I like that he's he he is willing to take on whatever challenge is necessary. He wants to be at Auburn. That's clear. Um, and he wants to be the starter. And yeah. he, I think we can see that he has the potential to do so. Like you said, the running is is. His strongest suit right. we need to see if the passing can improve um i but I, I don't know if you agree i think the right hires were made to put him in the best position to succeed right right philip montgomery who um previously worked with robert griffin iii who is one of the more known running quarterbacks and and dual threat quarterbacks a heisman winner yeah. um and well and uh, of course you freeze had malik and willis Hugh freeze turned, had malik willis who got drafted in yeah. the third round I want to say of the NFL draft, so you know, and he was the guy here at Auburn that showed enough couldn't throw the ball, right?
1: So. <laughs> let's uh, let's go back to our Auburn bank phone line now. Jones from Montgomery. Jones joins us. Jones, how are you doing?
7: Just fine. Um, you're going to have to excuse my ignorance about all this uh, you know, high school signees and commits versus the portal, um, gentlemen. If you could answer this, if, if I'm reading so and so from the portal committed, does that mean he he's only verbal? you could
1: go somewhere else yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think that I think they're eligible to sign if they want to unless right. unless this is another dead period I'm not aware of no I'm so pretty sure they but saw. but Auburn uh, most of these guys are signing I, I thought I thought I'd see Auburn if Auburn announces that these kids are, are in the fold, then that becomes that means it's official. Now, obviously, this wide receiver that just committed five minutes ago would not be official yet. But He signed. Oh, he, no, he did sign. Okay, so, yeah, some, these guys are pretty much signing.
3: Auburn Football just tweeted it out that he is, he is signed.
7: <laughs> Great. Let me ask you this now. Um, we hear different um, views of what they call the running back room, which I think is an unusual phrase. We just called it the running backs when I was younger. But all right. Is there a chance that by us going after a portal guy that we could lose this guy in Montgomery that's such a stud?
1: Uh, what, Jeremiah Cobb? Yeah. Uh, Correct. I, I I wouldn't think so. It is yeah. obviously a little nervy when someone has not signed this late in the process, and I believe he was the only high school commit of Auburn not to sign right. on the early signing day. Now, now he's always said he's going to sign – Late, but look, as long as you're not signed on the dotted line, you're still fair game for all these schools. And so, I it, it would be a tough call. I, I mean, I think that until we hear otherwise, Cobb still seems solid to Auburn, yeah, he's and Auburn hard was committed. was interested in Dylan Johnson even before this USF guy. And I, I think Auburn is just again they've got to they've got to assume that a true freshman might not be able to be the number two back or get a lot of carries. In year one, and so they're going to try and get a transfer guy to be the backup to Jarquez Hunter. Uh, so I wouldn't worry too much about it uh, as far as uh, this Jer- uh, as far as Jeremiah Cobb and trying to get one extra guy to go uh, into the running back room.
7: Right. Well, do you feel in your heart that that the staff that we have can teach Robbie to be a little? I think it's – Part of his throwing problem is he's just such an aggressive young man with great passion. And a quarterback obviously has to have that, but he also has to have a calm demeanor under pressure. Do you think they can get this guy to be that guy that can actually throw a six to eight yard pass on third and seven? Where you got to have that kind of toss, you know, game in and game out. Or do we really need another quarterback?
2: Um, I. I. Uh, I think I'm going t- well, to start. Well, I'm going to. Well, what I'm going to say to just your question is, I'm going to say yes to both. Um, I think you still need a quarterback just to fill out that room and to, and to have. Uh, I just I just think it would be so beneficial to have somebody come in that has a lot of game experience of a transfer portal type guy that can potentially be your QB one if Robbie just doesn't get it. Um, but I do think that staff is going to work on him and uh and try to develop that passing one thing that he's gonna have to do um he's got to work on some mechanical things uh he you know he's still he's a baseball player and so uh he's got a lot of baseball tendencies i guess you could say with the way he throws the ball yeah and sometimes that's not very good when you're trying to be an accurate passer when you're just kind of slinging the ball around um, there's some mechanical things that they're going to have to refine with him to make him a better passer and but he's, he's got some coaches there that i think can do that because they have a track record of doing just that thing
7: gotcha that's a, uh that makes a lot of sense and the last question um is our tight end group okay i mean i know we've got three or four um do you feel like we're okay there
2: I, I do because the the guy that they're bringing yeah, in the yeah that he he's supposed to be you you will see him on the field um and and I think this type of system that that you're going to see is going to utilize that tight end it's not going to be the uh, Kind of the anomaly guy that you know is on the field but you never get any uh, anything out of i think this system is going to utilize that tight end and so uh the fairweather kid is uh, you're going to see him he, he's definitely going to be a part of this actually
7: we're going to and last point he's going we're going to still have the the hybrid guy right i'm sorry i can't think of his name he came out of uh can do wide receiver or tight end and he Gonna, oh Landon
3: King. Yeah.
7: Correct. Are we gonna have him?
3: Yes, yeah. he's back. Gotcha. Excellent.
2: Gotcha. But now but now but now Thank my question you. is whether are they gonna move him to more of a pure wide, receiver? Be pure wide receiver? Right. Um because you know, in this it looks like they're trying to get those bigger like true tight end and not not a you know a gotcha. hybrid guy. They they want a true tight end. Yeah, yeah. And so a guy like Landon King could then move and just be a pure wide, wide receiver. receiver.
3: And he'll be good at that position.
7: Gotcha. Gotcha. Excellent. Excellent. Man, I appreciate the info.
3: Of course. Absolutely.
7: Take care, gentlemen.
3: Yes, sir. You, you too, well. Jones.
1: We appreciate that phone call. That is Jones from Montgomery joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. And I think we do have time real quickly here. Uh, let's uh, go back to our Auburn Bank phone line. Matt from Tallahassee. Matt, joins the program. Matt, how are you doing? Hi. Uh, who am I talking to? Tom? Uh, Ryan, Tom, and Cam. What's up, guys? How's What's it going?
8: going? Oh, it's been a long time to called you guys. I,
2: absolutely, and I hope That's you had a, a very merry Christmas and a happy new year.
8: Yeah, I did. I since then, I haven't had it on my phone because I got it taken away from uh. me. But, hey, I was going to tell you, get his birthday coming up this Wednesday. Is it yours? Yes. Mm-hmm. I and, I, and I'll be 47- years old nice man hey where's jj
1: yeah so matt uh you missed a lot man Missed a lot man uh he uh he is no longer the host of this show uh he has moved on to a a different job opportunity Uh and uh he'll still be in auburn he'll still do auburn softball play-by-play and some auburn sports network stuff but uh he has uh he has
3: left yeah so when you call in Uh now you'll be calling in to talk to ryan
8: uh, so, hey, where's Brooke at?
3: Uh, Brooks is just not on the show today. He's still around. Uh, I am
1: uh, I'm the new host of the show.
8: Hey, Brooks fired. He owes us $100. <laughs> uh, I will
3: I'll tell just, him yeah. that.
8: Hey, Kim, make sure you tell him that, okay? I got you. Hey, so, wait, hey, I want to talk about the football. I know you guys, have, you guys have a good speaker. But what do you guys think about the players that we got from West Kentucky, from Purdue, and do you think that – We'll probably get a quarter. Some, I've heard from Oklahoma State. Do you guys know anything about
1: that? Right, yeah. Spencer Sanders out of uh, Oklahoma State. And, that would be interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. someone that Auburn has, uh, Been I, I believe, with, talked I to. I think he visited. Uh, and he visited. Oh, really? Uh, so I, think, I, I don't know was, if he visited. Did I, he not? I didn't know if he'd visited
2: yet. I can't Ooh. keep track on the what I see of People so, say
8: which, was, so, but, so what I, do you guys think about the play that we got from Western Kentucky and Purdue and Maryland?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, the Western Kentucky transfer, uh, Gunnar Britton, uh, big-time get for Auburn, was a highly rated uh, portal offensive tackle, second-team conference USA. Any offensive line help is much needed. And then the two defensive linemen coming from Purdue and Maryland, look, I mean, they don't have a lot of eligibility remaining, but that means they played – a lot of college football, and uh, they played in the Power 5, and so Auburn can take all the Power 5 players they can get right now.
8: Well, I wish we got that running back from um, Mississippi. it would be nice if we got him.
1: Yeah, Dylan Johnson, who uh, ended up going to Washington. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn definitely targeted him, too.
8: Well, hey, uh, I'm going to make a, this kind of shortcut. I, I know you guys have... Um, I'm going to talk a little basketball, women's basketball, and also men's basketball, but and I want to talk about, like, Robbie Aspert. If we get a quarterback from welcome outcome, do you probably see Robbie Aspert maybe a wide receiver? Because he has to be like Will Hastings does. But do you think that Robert Aspert could be good at a wide receiver? I,
1: de- I definitely think he has the athleticism for it. However, I think that he really wants to play quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And so if that does not end up continuing to happen at Auburn, he might – uh look elsewhere uh so he's gonna i mean as of now he's definitely uh gonna factor in in the quarterback room and uh he is very athletic so i'm sure any any time to get him the ball in open space would be a, a good thing but i think he wants to play quarterback
8: do you guys think that we can beat ole miss in basketball
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that it will be tough because it's a road game. But Ole Miss is not very good. Ole Miss is one of the worst teams in the SEC. So this is definitely a road win that Auburn uh, can get and needs to get.
8: Okay, this question is for Cam because Cam is my (laughs) man-man.
3: What's up, man? Hey,
8: Cam, I want to know if we we ever see Cadillac and Devon Reed being told that we need to go all the way for football this year. Yeah. And I said, hey – and then a question for all three of you guys. D.C. Auburn for basketball, the men, in the SEC tournament. And if they make it, what see would they be? Do you think Auburn can be in the final four for the national the NCAA tournament?
3: Ooh, that's a tough I'll be sure to tell them the the uh, tell the guys that we, we need to go all in for football. I got you. Um <laughs> For Auburn, I mean, it's really early in the season. It's kind of hard to tell, you know, this team's true identity. Obviously, they struggle with shooting, um, but they can improve and, and find different ways to create shots. Um, you know, I could definitely see them being, uh, you know, as low as probably a five seed. Um, uh, Mizzou is a lot better than a lot of people expected, so they could definitely make a, a fight to get in there. Um, as as a top five seed in the in the SEC tournament, um, in the NCAA tournament, however, it, I think it's really early to tell. You know, you you just it's just you're not able to tell right now. You know.
8: Yeah. Wait. Well, hey, do you do you guys go can do you guys go to the men's basketball games?
3: Yeah. So um,
8: I, I no, have. So, so what, would you, what do you guys usually sit? Because we're in like two sixteen, and I look for you guys and I can't find you guys.
3: So, so which side do you guys sit on? So I'm usually so. Auburn usually comes, whichever way Auburn comes first when they are shooting the ball first, uh, whichever way they're shooting the ball first, I'm usually underneath the side, the uh, at the sideline underneath the basketball goal right there, uh, to the right of the basketball goal. So I, I'm I'm right down there um, taking video for for another job uh, that I have, um, and so it's pretty cool and I just I get to see everything kind of firsthand and uh, I love it. Last Ryan,
8: Ryan, Ryan, do you, Ryan,
1: do, you got, do you go? Uh, I do go and I'm usually uh, across kind of in the corner right above where Auburn uh comes out on press. Well throw. hey, if
8: you guys we're in two sixteen for the minigame.
1: Two sixteen. So if you guys
8: yes, yeah, so if you guys can like wave to me or something like that, I'll have like a usually I'll have like a jersey on, like number one Auburn jersey. Okay. And so if you guys look for me and stuff like that, but um but I'm hoping that we'll do a lot better this year. But what do you guys think about this last question? Sure. So, what do you guys think about when Texas and Oklahoma come in? Uh, how, how do you think that's gonna work out?
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna create a, a lot of uh, a lot of great play in the league, and you're gonna bring in two more really good programs, and it's gonna be uh, just two more really tough big brands to add to the league and put on everyone's schedule.
8: Well, hey, I got a score for TCU. And the sorry cheating Bulldogs. What do you got? I got T. I got TCU winning forty nine to
1: twenty seven. Forty nine twenty seven. That's uh, TCU over Georgia. We like it, Matt. We appreciate the phone call. We got to get to our next guest, but we really appreciate you calling in today.
8: Hey, hey, Cam. Hey, you know what, my, you know what oh, we always do when I call? Yeah. So, you got it ready to do the countdown?
1: Do it quickly now.
8: Five, four,
1: four,
8: three, three two, 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 one. 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 Whoa! Eagle. Eagle! Hey! We, hey. Bama, Nate, this year, Bama, come to our hotels and we're going to Brooklyn, smoke you. Yeah.
1: War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Matt. War Eagle. Appreciate the phone call. That is Matt from Tallahassee joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. We got to take a quick commercial break. Chris Gordy joins us on
0: the other side. don't want to call into the show send us your thoughts via email you've got mail sports call at the tiger.fm now back to auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show sports call
1: Welcome back to this Monday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9 or if you listen after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy and Cam Berry with you here on this Monday evening and now we're glad to go back to the Auburn Bank phone line and a very special guest Chris Gordy the host of the Locked On SEC podcast now joins us just a couple of hours before the college football playoff national championship game Chris appreciate the time hope you're well sir I'm depressed it's
9: the last day of the college football all right uh, mean, that now we- I said that like after tonight, I got to talk about freaking like spring games and stuff, <laughs> Walmart, transfer portal. Like, come
2: on. Yeah, I, I said the exact same thing when we came on the air about talking about the game. I was like, I'm kind of upset because it's the last one until uh, later on. So, uh, but I, how, uh, I, I guess just overall, how do, how do you see this game going tonight? What you think is going to happen?
9: Yeah, it's, it's all in how it starts. Like, if TCU comes out and, and plays like they've played for so much of this season, and, you know, keep in mind, they, they've fallen behind in games this year, but they found ways to get that offense going, particularly through the passing game. They've been an, an underrated running team, too. I mean, you know, as good as they run the, the, uh, the football, I know Sonny Dykes just said that Kendra Melton's going to give it a go, warm ups, and see, you know, see how he feels, and they'll decide if he's going to play or not. But, you know, we've seen in, in, in recent weeks, I mean, even when when they don't have him, they still run the ball effectively. But to me, the key is going to be, you know, how does the Georgia secondary respond? Because they've not been good for the last six quarters of football. And I go back to that second half of the SEC title game against LSU. You know, Keely Ringo, Chris Smith, all those guys in the backfield. And they were getting beat by by Garrett Dussmaier, the backup LSU quarterback. So, um, you know, that was kind of a precursor, I thought, of what was to come. And then we saw C.J. Stroud for four quarters do a pretty good job lighten up that georgia secondary so that's first and foremost how does the georgia secondary respond i know kirby smart has shown them a ton of film uh chewed their butts out and, and you know I, i'd expect them ready to go if georgia jumps out to an early lead and they grab that early momentum you know let's say it's 14-3 early on i think georgia you know they they put their their foot on their on the throat of uh, tcu and do what they've done this whole season and that's yeah, you know, they get those that early lead, and then they go on those long methodical drives where you know that you see the three-headed running backs back there with Macintosh and Milton and Edwards, and you know the first guy gets six yards, and then in comes the next guy. He gets he gets five, and you know, they keep moving the chains. And suddenly you look up, it's like God, Georgia's held the ball for the last five minutes, and uh, Georgia goes right down, scores touchdowns, and then you know you're you're looking at a big deficit. So. Uh, it, to me, it's all how this plays out early. If, if Max Duggan looks comfortable back there, that they're, they're hitting big strikes. Quint Johnston, and you know, we get into a shootout. To me, that's the key uh, for success for TCU is make this thing a shootout, like we saw last week with the two semifinal games. Make this, you know, this game in the 40s. And I think TCU's got a chance. But if Georgia does what they want to do and you know, dominate the trenches, offensive and defensive line, I could see this more low score rate kind of playing keep away and grinding it out. I, I've been giving out Georgia 31-17 as that's, that's my prediction for a score, but, um, again, I, I'm not taking anything away from PCU. If they could come out and expose that Georgia secondary like they have been recently, they're going to have a shot.
1: And that leads me to my next question, Chris, because I think a lot would have felt at least physically. Michigan would have been a lot better matchup just in terms of Georgia still probably more physical, but at least Michigan might have a better shot of hanging in there the way they've kind of drubbed around Ohio State the last couple of years. Did TCU do anything for you uh, last weekend uh, to make you feel that they can hang around there uh, physically? Obviously, Georgia is still going to be the more physical team, but did TCU make you feel better about the war in the trenches on, on their side? Lot of things
9: yeah maybe not so much the, the war of the trenches but at least like the offensive line um you know i i think showed that they can that they can do a pretty good job of uh of protecting duggan back there i thought they did a pretty good job keeping him upright against a michigan defense that i thought was going to get after it um you know that's going to be interesting this week this is the georgia front that you know it's not just the front four but they can come at you from you know with the linebackers with the safeties uh, you know, Jamin Dumas Johnson, Munden, all those guys are, are really good, really aggressive sideline to sideline. They'll send them all blitzes at, at times. So I'm curious to see. I mean, I'd I almost say, like, if, if TCU, you, you want a surefire bet that TCU doesn't win this game tonight? Tell me that George is going to have five or six sacks in the game. If you tell me that, uh, then I'd say, yeah, TCU's got no chance of this one. But if you tell me that, you know, for the most part, Max Duggan takes care of the football, you know, maybe turns the ball over once or or maybe zero times and you know only gets sacked once or twice in the game, then, yeah, TCU's going to have a great chance. But, you know, you're right. Up front, how good can an offensive line, you know, protect? We've seen Jalen Carter, you know, up and down this season. At times, he, you know, he hasn't been healthy and has missed some games and at times hasn't been a factor. And then there are other times, like the SEC Championship game, where, He's dominating almost every play, beating his guy living in the backfield. And this will be his big money game. I mean, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on him. And I was reading a blurb today on you know Chicago Bears, you know earning the number one pick. They may take Will Anderson from Alabama, but there's no you know that there there might be a possibility they go Jalen Carter number one overall. And, and you know this is a possibility to see how he responds tonight. So. Um, yeah, again I just think uh I think Georgia's got all the tools, they got all the pieces, all the four and five star talent, but they just gotta go out there and, and execute. I mean, you know, it's great to Vegas puts them as a twelve and a half point favorite, but they need to go out there and show why they're double-digit favorites
1: tonight. Chris Gordy joining us of Locked On SEC. Uh, Chris, some other storyline kind of around the game, not really pertaining to the actual on-the-field product, but uh, a, a lot's been made amongst SEC fans in particular about the inability uh, not being allowed to tailgate at this game and going out to Los Angeles and uh, in, in a beautiful stadium, but nevertheless an NFL stadium. Uh, is that a much to do about nothing? Thing or, or is this not the right type of setting for a college football national championship game?
9: No, it's 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 stupid. Uh, tailgating is part of college football. It's part of why we love it, and we're going to go play for the. You know, this is for the. This is the. This is the crowning moment of the season, right? This is we're crowning a champion. It's all led up to this, and we're going to take one of the best parts of the season away from it. I mean, we might as well say, guys, no bands. Can't have any bands there. Can't have any fun. Uh, you know, no flip cup, no barbecue, no you know, no nothing. It's like, what are we doing? Like that's we're, we're already taking the games off campus, right? I mean, we're already playing these championships in you know big luxurious stadiums where it's a thousand bucks to get in the door and all this, and then we're going to take part of the fun out of it. It's just silly. You know, I had a friend who was at an event the other night out there in L.A. and you know he even texted me. He said he said L.A. is just this is not a place for college football. Like you want to do the Super Bowl out here like you did last year. Okay, fine. But this is this, this, the college football national championship should not be played out on the West Coast in L.A. or San Francisco, where, you know, Santa Clara, where Alabama won a couple of years ago. I mean, it's just, there's no place for it. They don't appreciate it out there. Um, and I hate to sound like an SEC homer, but, like, keep this thing south of Mason Dixon. Like, we should rotate between Miami, uh, maybe Jacksonville, uh, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, New Orleans. And let's just rotate the championship from the city to keep in the easy footprint because it's just, it's stupid. And, you know, my friend was at a, he went to some private event the other night that Kirk Street and Chris Fowler were there. And he said it was so like frou frou food, like everybody dressed up. And he said after people were just taking pictures of themselves for Instagram and like nobody even, there's nobody even talking college football. It's just, you, you know, where's Joe Sixpack with the the big beer belly enjoying himself out there? Like, you lose all that when you go do this, you know, have a championship game in L.A., which isn't even a football town to begin with. Like, they can, they have two NFL teams, and they can barely support them. So, it's silly. It's stupid. And, look, we'll get it right next year. I live in Houston. It'll be in Houston. Houston is in the SEC footprint right down the road from, from A&M, not far from LSU. So, you know, it's it, we're in the middle of it. They'll appreciate it a lot more here next year playing the national championship than uh, the fans will in Los Angeles with those helps.
2: Yeah. Well, and I actually saw some Georgia fans were talking about their experience around L.A. and that uh, a lot of the locals didn't even know why they were there. They they were confused as to why there were people walking around oh, with Georgia so stuff bad. on It's like um, there's kind of a big game going on. The folks in L.A. don't even know. They 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 had no idea why they were there.
9: Yeah, it happened with the Super Bowl last year. Like, they didn't even know. There were people, I know that were at the game, and certain people were asking, hey, who's playing? You know, I was at the World Series, Game 7 of the World Series back in 2017, where it was Astros-Dodgers. And it's a Game 7. It's a sold-out game. And the whole row in front of me, you're just these supermodel-looking women taking pictures of themselves, taking <laughs> selfies. And they're looking, they're like, what's the score? Like, they're not even paying attention to the game. So, Golly. it's just, it's, it, to me, it, it LA is just it's a bad sports town, and they should not be able to host any any you know event like this. It's just it takes away from everything. So we'll get it right. We'll get back to cities that that care and give a damn about uh, about college football. Like I said, next year Houston they they have, they have parking lots set up designated just for tailgating. So at least we'll have that next year.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the contrast will be stark uh, going back to, like Absolutely. you said, Houston uh, next year, which should be uh, a much better environment. Uh, a couple more before we get you out of here, Chris, and, and let's talk a little bit transfer portal, uh, because that is something that even in uh, the time of a college football playoff, even this day, SEC school is still trying to accrue and, and do more work in the transfer portal uh there's obviously great stories about how many people, someone like Texas A&M has lost, even Ole Miss struggling in the portal this cycle. What have you made about the uh, this portal cycle so far?
9: Yeah, it's it's been interesting. Um, you know, we, we finally saw Georgia get involved. You know, they were a team that didn't really do anything in the portal a year ago. We've already seen them grab two of the better wide receivers uh, from the SEC and Rara Thomas from Mississippi State and Dominic Lovett from Mizzou. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I've uh, seen Alabama t- targeting some guys. LSU's been diving headfirst back into the portal like they did a year ago, and, and I like what Auburn's done so far. I was told that the the kid from Purdue is is a big time edge rusher, and uh, Demario Tolan saw him play a handful of games for LSU this year, and uh, he's going to bring some nice experience to that linebacking core. So uh, I like it, man. I mean, it's 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 allowing teams. It used to be on signing day, you get duped by a couple kids who flip their commitments, and suddenly you're looking at your roster going, my God, we're sending linebacker. My God, we're sending tight end. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like, outside going to sign some walk-ons, like there was nothing you could really do to address it. Now you can. Now you can go to the portal and just type tight end, and a whole list of guys come up, and you can suddenly start, you know, sending them, uh, you know, pitches. Hey, come come on over for a visit, all that. So... The portal's been awesome. It obviously, it, it, you know, it obviously allows teams with deficiencies to um, to make adjustments to their roster. Look at LSU. As player that roster was a year ago, you know, Brian Kelly addressed a lot of needs, and uh, and, and look at them. They won the West and, and represented the West in the SEC championship game in year one of Brian Kelly. So uh, I'm optimistic, man. I think Hugh Freeze isn't done yet. But if he keeps making some noise, and he's still not even done with this recruiting class. And we I mean, had some more kids over the weekend. I'm optimistic. I think Auburn could be really competitive in year one, and, and the transfer portal is a big reason because of that.
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing to see, uh, again, we talk about contrast and what the national championship venue will be like, contrast in one coach that values the portal uh, versus one coach that uh, does not necessarily value uh, roster management and that sort of thing. He's Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. Chris, appreciate the time today. What do you have coming up uh, in the works at, uh, with the Locked On SEC podcast?
9: Yeah, we'll be recapping the championship game on tomorrow's episode, and then over the next couple of weeks, we'll be catching up with guys from around the SEC as we head into the uh, into the off season. We had a nice conversation a couple of days ago with the Kerry and Joyner uh, wide receiver from South Carolina, who announced he's coming back for a sixth season in, in Columbia. So that was really cool, and we're going to have a couple of current players, um, you know, join us in the coming weeks, and then we'll be out at the Senior Bowl the end of the month and catching up with some of the guys, uh, you know, leaving the SEC, heading pro. Uh, to the pro level to talk about them and kind of share some stories from their time in the SEC. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a busy offseason. It's going to fly by quick. So Excited to look at it and excited to see if uh, the SEC can get one more title under that belt tonight.
1: Uh, Busy time of year for sure. Chris Gordy, we appreciate the time. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk again soon. Definitely. Thanks, guys. That's Chris Gordy of the Locked On SEC podcast here on this Monday edition of Sports Call. We oh. need to take
3: a timeout. Out of time in hour number one. Quick thing, yes. just, just, I just saw something real quick. The early line on the concessions at SoFi, from SoFi Stadium, $17 for a premium beer. Oh, my Modelo God. Pacifico, $17 for wine. That's going to make Awful. me whine
1: with the high prices there. Awful. Yeah, not great. That's why we have, me? ask the questions there. Well, We're going to talk a little bit more about the venue. Uh, we hit on it there with Chris Ugh. Gordy, but we're going to talk more about that in hour number three uh, and really break down this game. as uh, It's coming up just a little over an hour and a half from now on, so far in SoFi Stadium. Tom Peavy, Canberry, and Ryan LaVoy here on this Monday edition of Sports Call. We'll be back in a few minutes.
0: Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started.
1: Final hour of Sports Call here on this Monday. Now, evening, Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Cam Berry with you here Uh, This evening and fun show so far. I appreciate Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC for joining us there uh, at the end of our number two. And uh, a lot's happened on the show so far, so let's give you a daily show recap.
0: We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today.
1: (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean,
2: that
0: really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the uh, things? Lots going on today on
1: the show, and lots more continuing and, uh, to happen. A lot, a lot is continuing to happen. Uh, we've, uh, we've talked. Uh, A little bit about Auburn basketball's win over Arkansas. Big top 25 win for the Tigers coming up on tomorrow's show. We'll be previewing their next game against Ole Miss because it is tomorrow night. We've had a handful of phone calls so far. We appreciate all of our callers. We've talked to Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC about the national championship game, which we will continue to do. And we've also talked Portal. Happy Portal season. And, uh, fellas, we have another one.
3: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Running back from South Florida. Yeah. so this Which is the had, Brian Brian Batty. So this yeah. is the guy that we were
1: talking about uh, in the previous hour. Auburn got that six six wide receiver uh, just about forty five minutes ago and we mentioned the possibility that they were targeting South Florida's running back who had nearly twelve hundred yards last year. Bah! And he's in the fold. And there you go. Just like that, Auburn has uh, just in the last, I don't know, 72 hours, (laughs) they have an offensive tackle. They have a running back. They have a wide receiver. They have two defensive linemen. They have a linebacker. They have two DBs committed from high school. That is all in the last 72 or so hours. And so Auburn has been very busy and uh, a very productive time for the Tigers as they continue to go portaling in the manner which, uh, as alluded to, uh, we thought that uh, Lane Kiffen might uh, ultimately do if he were to come to Auburn, uh, but uh, Ole Miss has kind of struggled in the portal cycle this far, and Auburn has been just going at it uh, yeah. and both sides of the ball. Now, I mean, you're starting to work on skill position players too. You know, Hugh Freeze talked about the need to get offensive line and defense line. They've certainly done that, but uh, as we know, the depth was depleted not just on those two position groups. I mean, certainly to the nth degree on those position groups but not the only positions and to auburn's credit they've kind of dipped their toes in just about everything still working on a quarterback but uh running back wide receiver tied in offensive line defense line linebacker corner i mean safety with with the uh, most recent high school command. i mean they're just they're all all over the place uh pretty comprehensive transfer portal cycle for auburn and obviously it is still going so uh big big gets for the Tigers. You, you can always uh, tell. I,
2: I, I had a feeling something was about to pop because uh, our, Reed? Yeah, our guy, Trevon uh, Reed, time. posted just the eye emojis and was like, uh-oh, we got another one.
1: And Yeah, there's a couple bam. couple social media t- uh, tells if you are on Twitter uh Trevon putting the eye emojis out. If Hugh Freeze goes Yahtzee with a picture yep. of a fish. Yep. Uh, that's the new <laughs> that's, the, yeah. new, that's uh, the new boom. boom. Yeah. Uh, which Gus still does to this day at UCF. Uh so there are some social media tells before everyone can quite gather in who it is, but uh uh, Auburn has been very busy here in the last 72 hours, that's for sure. We continue to stay busy here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. Usually we do this in the 3 o'clock hour, but we still need to get this in. It's time for the birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Again, we'll uh, start talking National Championship game here in just a moment, but quick birthdays and sports here on January the 9th. Happy birthday to Marcus Peters. He turns 30, current NFL corner for the Baltimore Ravens, selected 18th overall in the 2015 draft by the Kansas City Chiefs. Has also played for the Rams. He was the defensive rookie of the year in 2015. He's two-time first team all pro two-time second team all pro three-time pro pro bowler in 2015 interceptions co-leader a lot of accolades for marcus peters one of the best corners in the game chad johnson you might know him as chad ochocinco turns 45 today former NFL wide receiver who was selected at 36 overall in the 2001 NFL draft by the Cincinnati Bengals out of Oregon State uh, also played for the Patriots at the end of his career three-time first team all pro uh, was the NFL receiving yards leader in 2006 dramatic career <laughs> dramatic person but a very good wide receiver Chad Ocho Cinco turns 45 today like Chad Ocho Cinco Yeah just changing your name to that uh, is still something else Otis Nixon turned 64, former MLB outfielder for the New York Yankees, Cleveland Indians, Montreal Expos, Atlanta Braves, Boston Red Sox, Texas Rangers, Toronto Blue Jays, Los Angeles Dodgers, and Minnesota Twins. Uh, Otis Nixon was a lot of fun to watch play. A lot of people remember him for his Braves tenure. Yeah. How old is he? 64.
2: Today. See, the thing I remember about him is he looked 64 when he was playing for the Braves.
1: There you go. <laughs> he's age, finally caught up to it. <laughs> Uh, Michael Beasley turns 34 current NBA free agent selected second overall in the 2008 NBA draft by the Miami Heat out of Kansas State was on the all-rookie team in 09 he's played for the T-Wolves Suns, Rockets, and Bucks and Knicks and Lakers and everyone else Uh, while at Kansas State was a consensus first team All-American and was Big 12 Player of the Year first team All-Big 12 and the NCAA rebounding leader in 2008 Michael Beasley turns 34 and then I uh, want to recognize Bart Starr, who would have been 88 today. Passed away a few years ago. Former great for the Green Bay Packers, selected in the 17th round back when they needed 17 rounds for NFL I think draft. That was the first draft. Well, there you go. Was it okay? <laughs> yeah. So that would make sense. Two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, five-time NFL champion. Was the NFL MVP in 1966? Ton of accolades. Former Alabama. And uh, obviously, Green Bay Packer, great Bart Starr, would have been 88 today. Those are the birthdays in sports. Presented by Max Credit Union. Again, Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn and the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. Let Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Those are the birthdays in sports today. All right, fellas, back to our attention to... The national championship game. Now we've not really break this down much ourselves. We talked to Chris Gordy about it a, a little while ago, but um, TCU and Georgia tonight coming up in just a little bit over an hour. Before we actually break this down, though, from what we expect to see tonight, I do want to hit on something that we did ask Chris about and has been talked a lot about, and it, it's outside of the actual game. And we got more insights from Chris. Uh, Just about how non-traditional college football this thing feels. Yeah. Uh, This game being played in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California, for those that do not know, it's the home of the Rams and the Chargers. Uh, And, look, Los Angeles already uh, takes hits at times for its sports fandoms, you know, supporting some of these lesser important teams like the Chargers. Uh, and now they're having a college football national championship game in which they're not even allowing tailgating, and it just feels like they're a little bit out of touch uh, yeah. to the college game.
3: Yeah, definitely out of touch. L.A. is, I think. I don't know if you can agree, Ryan. I think L.A. is a basketball town. Uh, I, I think L.A. sports-wise, is, yes. Yeah, I, I think I, it's I, a holly. I think it's a uh, media town. Yeah, I mean, more definitely. Anything, yeah, but, yeah, definitely but, yeah. more than anything. But I think. Celebrity I town. I think the 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 the. the people of the city more support basketball right. more than anything right I think uh, I think it's more of a basketball state in general um, in terms of just high school and how that goes I mean they do have a lot of high talented football players don't get me wrong but I you know I don't think they really focus on football like that, you know. For for them out there, football is just another thing. It's just another sport. Whereas down here in the South, you know, like, it just like Gordy more. said, like Gordy <laughs> said, you know, on the Mason, you know, underneath the Mason Dixon line, it's just mean it's everything. Football is religion, you know. Um, so I, I I don't like that the way that they're doing this game. I don't like that fans aren't allowed to tailgate like like chris gordy said that's a part of college football that's a part of the fabric that makes college football so great is the tailgating and all all, i mean that whole experience so you're taking that away and i i definitely think that's a big knock um i i do think that you should focus on more southern places to host the game like you said like atlanta like new orleans Houston, like next year, um, games, you know, places My, Miami. Miami, I mean, even though that's that, not a SEC, no, hotbed, but, but but you're right. But they they hold college football to mm-hmm. a higher standard, so it would still be more enjoyable down there than than out in LA, where I I mean, I think it's just more. It's just not going to be as enjoyable. I mean, I bet the ticket prices are insane. Like right. obviously, it's the national championship, so ticket prices will still be high. Don't get me wrong, but. I, I I can I can probably think that those ticket prices are highly inflated.
2: Oh, I, I mean, if it's seventeen dollars to get a Modelo, oh right? You, I mean, you feel me? Seventeen, oh $17 dollars to get a beer that should normally cost you four yeah like like so of course yeah the ticket yes yeah.
3: man and the traffic <laughs> I just don't see how this is going to be an overall enjoyable experience for the fans you know right. I, I think that's where you know obviously the game is for the players and they're playing for the championship but you also want to make the experience where it's enjoyable for everybody for the fans for people that are coming out to support their team Um, and I just don't see how you're you're getting that without a lot you know not allowing them to tailgate um traffic is going to be terrible the game's going to be 4:30 local time right yep. right so 4:30 yep. local time it's going to be impossible to get around ar- around there and you know they don't support football as much just in general like they they struggle to support the chargers they they do support the rams um a, a little bit more than they do the chargers rams coming off the of super bowl probably helps out a lot but the the chargers the attendance is Awful yep. for the chart charters. Remember,
1: they weren't they, even filling they, up the soccer yes, stadium they, they were renting yeah. for. Right,
3: so but y'all, you also got to remember they're, they're, that's San that's
2: the San they Diego stayed right, in San that's Diego. That's the San Diego transplant. They should have stayed in San Diego. But, but think about this: the Rams left Los Angeles. Right, right. To go to St. Louis. To go to St. Louis. I mean, it was so bad that the right. Rams left Los Angeles was a time, yeah. to go to St. Louis. Uh, La is La is yes, basketball with the Lakers, but also baseball because they really do yeah. support the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. the Dodgers um, and, the, and the Giants as well. But, San Francisco. But, yeah, but but um, but uh, but yeah, but the. Um, uh, yeah, football is just not uh, in in L.A. No, uh, it's just not. Uh, they've never supported football much less college football. Uh, you know, and you've got two good programs there in Southern Cal and UCLA. But if you go and look at those games now, lately UCLA has been doing a good bit, and it doesn't help that UCLA plays their home games in the massive
1: Rose Bowl. But I bet you. I want to bring that. I want to bring up the Rose Bowl though, because uh, Austin texted us uh, our good friend Austin. That uh, same thing happened to him in Pasadena in 2013. He did say that. Uh, tons, of, he said, uh, tons of people in and out had no idea what game we were talking about, and they were two miles from the stadium, so yeah. two miles from the Rose Bowl and Auburn, Florida State year, and had no idea, no yeah. idea what was going on, and and so that's sad hills. because. I can I can pretty easily detach from SoFi Stadium for college football. Okay, that's just a beautiful NFL stadium that has no tie to college football. Yeah, but the Rose Bowl means something to college football, and that is in California, obviously in Pasadena. And the Rose Bowl is a very historic place. Yeah, but yet you're going to tell me here that even out right outside the perimeter of the Rose Bowl, they're not even paying attention either. Yeah, and you have this great historic venue, one of the most historic venues I would say in the sport. Right. I mean, I think it's probably the most neutral site yeah. in the sport for I sure. Agree. I agree. So I, that's sad. I mean, I yes. was I was thinking when, when Chris was talking about that, I don't know if you need to, you know, only South and the Mason-Dixon needs to be the sites because we have the Rose Bowl and Rose Bowl Special. No. But, I, you know, <laughs> that Case that's alarming. Right, that's that's alarming that even they're not really paying that much attention. And I, I, I can
2: yeah. tell you the same thing. The same thing would happen if you held this game in New York. If you did it in yep. New York City, yeah. in uh, where the Giants and Jets play their yeah. game, it Agreed. would be the same thing. Yeah, um, they they are they love their pro football. They they love their their Giants and Jets. They love their Mets and Yankees. They love their Knicks. They love their hockey. Right. College football is called sports. Yeah, it's not a thing. Yep. Their closest thing around there is Rutgers and so nah. if you had this game in new york city you could walk a couple of blocks away from that stadium and people would have no idea why you know why are there auburn fans why are here? the
1: lights on over there i thought the giants were done yeah I it's not i they had a road playoff <laughs> game. yeah
2: so um yeah, I mean, no, make it so, but yeah i mean i think college uh, you know the cfp needs to be Eval- better yeah, uh, be re-evaluate. better evaluate now here's the other thing speaking of the cfp and we everybody's been talking about this no tailgate policy my understanding is that, that was the cfp that did that not really sofi stadium interesting there there is a parking lot for the when uh whenever they have the games there there is a parking lot that is a tailgating parking lot but mm-hmm. apparently the cfp is one that there's like no tailgating at all like even in that lot no tailgating so that was that was what i understood is that the cfp the college football playoff are the ones that did the no tailgate policy interesting um but it was also kind of a piggybacking on the no tailgating policy they already have there but even in the lot that they do have tailgating CFP was like nope
1: not even there there." that's a bad look not ideal yeah that's a bad look Uh, and and look again this is not just a complete rain on SoFi Stadium Parade or even LA Uh, it's a great stadium Uh, it will host more Super Bowls I'm sure it's very expensive it's just not the right vibe Mm -hmm. for, for college football and uh, I, I think that places around here, uh, as you guys have mentioned, Atlanta, Miami, uh, New Orleans, New Orleans, Orleans. even Tampa, um, Na- Nashville will be good. Once Nashville gets
2: that new stadium, yeah, uh, they're supposed to be building a, yeah. a, a domed yeah, type the stadium yep. for the Titans. Nashville would be a good venue for that. Much smaller
1: town, but, still. but people love to go to Nashville, yeah. and, well, and that's sure. still the culture fit there. Absolutely it's still there. Um, and, and we've talked the other angle of this conversation, which we will move on to the actual game breakdown here in just a moment, but the other angle is when we talked about the TV rights and how the Big Ten was getting USC and UCLA uh, in large part just to get that LA market, which is decidedly, obviously, so many people in Los Angeles, it's a, great, it's a huge, huge city, but you just go just just look at the crowds for USC and UCLA it's you, not, you, you yeah. just not it's not right. even full for USC no. USC was good this year yep i know well, they i know they forgot full. how to tackle but they they were a good team that stadium the la team.
2: the la coliseum was not even packed when southern cal had uh, Carson Palmer and Matt Liner and Reggie Bush, those national, those juggernaut championship games, they had really good crowds there, but they couldn't fill up the the LA Coliseum even when they were that. And, but the other thing is you're not getting your, your fan base because the general uh, fandom in LA doesn't care about college football. You're, you're going to have, it's your students and alumni. It's, that's what it is because the random folks from LA aren't going to go watch Southern Cal play football. They're not going to go watch UCLA play football. Oh. They don't even know that there's a game going on tonight. So, and it's just a, it's a not a good football city.
1: And, uh, hopefully this is the last time the CFP will be there. Yeah. All right. Before we, uh, go to our next break, let's break this down a little bit. Uh, between TCU and Georgia. Again, we've, uh, We've heard from head coach Sonny Dykes of, uh, of TCU that their leading rusher on the year, uh, Kendra Miller, uh, 1,399 yards on the year, 17 touchdowns, is a game-time decision, but that it was not trending in a good direction. So I think at the very least, we're not going to see him a lot. All right. Uh, it, this game's going to fall on how many plays Max Duggan can make. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and take the lead here. I, I can see... A Georgia blowout I can see TCU the little engine that couldn't quite do it that just needed one or two more big plays right, right. I'm just having trouble seeing a TCU victory in any of these scenarios no. I, I mean it, it's almost like the it's, uh, the it's almost like the Avengers Benedict Cumberpatch, and Iron <laughs> yeah, Man is like yeah, is there's is there one scenario yeah, yeah, yeah. is there one scenario Um uh, And I just – I don't want to be that disrespectful. It's not really disrespect for TCU. They've obviously proven their worth. They beat Michigan. They put 50 on them. There's no reason to think they couldn't do it with just about anyone else in the country. But Georgia is different. They're the defending national champs. It felt like they were finally on the ropes, and they clawed themselves off the ropes against Ohio State. I'm not going to say it's impossible. We know sports. That's why they played on the field. But to me, it feels like a real uphill battle for TCU. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I agree. Um, I, I just think, yeah, a lot of that offense is going to have to go through Max Duggan, and a lot of that is with his legs. Now, listen, that is, that is one of the toughest SOBs on a football field Short. that you can see. Oh, I mean, yeah. what he did uh, – I, I became a fan of his in the uh, in their championship game. Yeah,
3: against K-State. Against yeah.
2: K-State, where, I mean, that was one of the gutsiest performances in a loss. He was bleeding all yeah. over the place. Ble- yeah. Ble- 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 but he, he willed so, them back. So so, I mean, running plays and getting into the end zone so exhausted, they have to literally carry him, drag him off the field, and the arms bleeding. I mean, we compared it to Tim Tebow, and I see it. It's very much like Tim Tebow, just that tough, hard-nosed guy. However, this defense that he's going to be going up against Georgia is just so darn good. But I say that, Ohio State torched this defense. Did the T- the TCU – find something did they see something in the film where ohio state did that they think that they can try to do the same thing and and exploit that i don't know yeah but georgia definitely showed vulnerability on that defensive side against ohio state which was shocking to me yeah i was very surprised with that Uh, on the other hand i also thought michigan would run away with it from tcu and i think a lot of this mindset that we have uh, we and i think a lot of other people have is it it's a TCU. It's a little TCU. We're thinking a, of them and, as a non-power. Right, it, right. It's, it's just a are, little tiny TCU, right. but they just knocked off Michigan. They got a chance to knock off Georgia. So I, I'm i with you. I I feel like Georgia is going to win this game, and I honestly don't think it's going to be close. I, I'm leaning more towards Georgia blowing them out. Um, but crazy things happen. Like, I really did not think TCU was going to beat Michigan and they they whipped them. Yeah, I mean they they had their way with them. Now Michigan made their little valiant comeback and everything, but for for every punch that Michigan threw right back at them, TCU had an answer. Yeah, and so uh, you know, it, it, TCU can definitely do something surprising here. I just I'm not leaning that way. Um, and now if you're going to have your best running back, maybe not even play, and if he does play, he's probably going to be very limited. You just you, you can't have, uh. You, you Their can't. Second be,
3: guy went for over 100 yards against well, and, Michigan.
2: Yeah, and that's true. But again, I I just I feel it's like, hard. I feel like this Georgia defense is just different than Michigan, and they, I say that they're more physical. They are more physical. However, again, Michigan, we just yeah. we just watched Ohio State just right pick p- them apart. Pick them apart, and it right. felt like Ohio State could do whatever they wanted to against that defense. Yeah, and, and I don't know if TCU can do that though. I don't know you, if they've got the weapons to do that, right?
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, they. I mean, they definitely have some weapons, right? We yeah. we know that Quentin Johnson is a first round draft pick, wide receiver. Um, that's that's two straight hundred yard yeah, games yeah, here in yeah, the K State and the Michigan yeah, game. Yeah. I. I mean, he he is a very special talent. Um, that he's probably going to draw the assignment of Keely Ringo, and it's going to be interesting to see how they how they play that because Ringo is a very physical corner, a very aggressive corner, and you might be able to use that to his advantage and um or use that to your advantage if you're TCU and um, be aggressive and be able to you know throw down field a little bit. Ringo also gets gets caught for a lot of a lot of PIs, you know, a lot more than you'd expect from a from a top a, another first round draft pick um, is what a lot of people project him to be. Uh, you know, he he gets caught lacking a little bit sometimes. So you you might like I said use that to your advantage if you're TCU um, and the run game again it's going to have to be key. Offensive line is going to have to protect Duggan when he's dropping back to pass. It's just absolutely necessary. Obviously, um, they're they're going to get back there probably a couple times. Um, and and that's where Max Duggan's legs are definitely going to come into play. Um, I think it was different when it came to Shroud. Um, I said this. I think I said this on Friday. Uh, I, it was. It's different because I don't think UGA expected Shroud to use his legs as much as he did. Um, obviously, I think they knew that he had the ability to run, but I don't think that they knew he was just going to. I mean, run the way that he did. I mean, he just kind of ran free on them uh, sometimes. And Duggan, they're they're gonna they're probably gonna keep a spy on him, keeping keeps keep linebackers on him, um, so that he doesn't he isn't able to get out of the pocket and run free, and and they'll key in on him and keep him contained. I think that's really the key for UGA. If they can keep Duggan con- contained, then yeah, they will dominate this game. But if not, if they allow him to run free. He, he's. It's going to be a game. It's going to be interesting. If you're TCU, you got to come out exactly how you did against Michigan. You have to punch them in the mouth. Uh, you have to stay disciplined on defense. And, um, I mean, UGA might not have – Darno washington at 100 so that's interesting lad mcconkey also he's dealing with some injuries so um there might be down a couple guys so you might be able to use that like i said to your advantage and uh and play hard stay disciplined and you might be able to win a national championship out of it you know a lot of people don't give him a chance but we'll see let's uh let's go back to our auburn bank phone line next up anthony from auburn
1: anthony joins us anthony how are you doing
4: doing great you guys
1: doing well doing well
4: Happy New Year, to you guys and everybody listening in uh, this radio world.
1: Yes, sir. Happy New Year, Anthony.
4: You know, I tell you, the last time I heard any big splash out of TCU was back in the mid to late '80s when uh, the coach was on uh, being interviewed and uh, he was talking about, well, we don't cheat, we do follow the rules and everything. And about two weeks later, uh, uh, the investigation come around and whatnot, and found that they were uh, <laughs> had been breaking the rules or whatnot, and they went on probation. The <laughs> last time I heard a thing, a big splash. Uh, from TCU, but, you know, you got the mighty Georgia Bulldogs coming in. Uh, I'm a veteran coach, Kirby Smart, a defensive wizard on the Nick Saban. Got all those championship rings on his fingers and as an assistant and has championship rings uh, as a head coach, being the head man, sitting in that captain's chair, uh, looking to bring that uh, title home for those uh, Georgia Bulldog family. But uh, I don't know, maybe this might be the night for TCU, it might be the night for that Cinderella story. Uh, maybe like a rocket bow boy against Apollo Creed, if you will. Maybe they might have a little rocket bow boy in them and go the distance. Yeah. Put around and pull up the upset tonight.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, obviously, uh, clear underdogs. Uh, and you just uh, – you never really know uh, they are big underdogs uh, i thought i heard today on espn that there's only been two double digit champ uh two double digit favorites in the championship game in the last 24 years and both those double digit favorites actually lost the game outright so uh, <laughs> oh, wow. so you just you never know uh but we've certainly seen more paths to victory for georgia than we do for tcu
4: well i tell you one thing uh win or lose it's going to be a good opportunity for recruiting for both schools. Uh, be on the biggest stage you can possibly be on, on a night like tonight, you can certainly sell it to a young man that to come on to this school because we're going to be in these games. That's what we do. Uh, we're going to bring it home one way or the other, some kind of way, uh, a conference title or, you know, a semifinal title, get in this game, give you opportunity to showcase your skills. Uh, NFL scouts are looking and all that. So, But I tell you what, in about four hours and a half or whatever it be, tv commercials don't make it last too long we'll find out who the top dog or top frog or whatever it be thank you guys y'all have a good one
1: thank you very much anthony that is anthony from auburn joining us on our auburn bank phone line we need to take a time out when we come back a monday tradition we will have the best and worst of the weekend winding things down on this monday edition of sports call
0: Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334 887 3401. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Final few minutes of sports call here on this Monday evening. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, Tom Peavy with you here. Set to close out the show for the next few minutes have a nightly TV guide coming up in a few minutes. I'm going to spoil that hmm. uh, the uh, the national championship game is tonight. You may have heard that. And that's on television. Uh, it's not streaming only. Don't worry. Uh, this is not uh, Amazon Thursday night NFL. Yeah. So
2: You might not be able to tailgate at the stadium tonight. Right. But you can tailgate at your house while right. you watch
1: the game on TV. And keyboard. have a much more comfortable viewing experience. Right? And cheaper beer. Right. Way, well, Way yeah, you get a case beer. for about the price yeah, of exactly. one or two of
2: those. <laughs> yeah, one Modelo. You can, go get you, a, you can go get lit on Natty Light for the cost of yep. one Modelo
1: at or, the stadium. Or White Claw Hard Seltzer. There you yeah, are. In, there you in, go. That. Mm. So, all right, few minutes left, but we do this each and every Monday. It's time for the best and worst of the weekend. Now time for the best
0: Woo-hoo!
1: and worst.
0: No! 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 of the weekend.
1: All right. I already (laughs) told you guys that I was going to go first with my worst and you guys can both have your worst after that and then go first or or go with uh, go with your best right after that first and I can do my best last but I'm going to give my worst because I feel strongly about the worst and you guys might already have this one too and that's why I'm being selfish going first. Uh, Last night the Green Bay Packers played the Detroit Lions. It was for the opportunity to go to the postseason for the Green Bay Packers and it's nothing pertaining to the result of that game. However, during that game, a player for the Lions uh, got injured, and the training staff was going over there to check uh, check on him. And former Georgia player Quay Walker of the Green Bay Packers was kind of standing nearby, and a trainer kind of put his hand on Walker's shoulder, said, "Hey, let me get in here." To which Quay Walker responded by pushing the trainer. I didn't uh, see this. Uh, I didn't two-handed, two-handed back. him in the him, back. Um, and uh, got himself ejected as he should have been from the game. And look, I know as human beings we make mistakes. Uh, we make pretty large ones at time, uh, at times. But on the heels of a situation which trainers are literally responsible for maintaining life in a life and death situation, uh, Quay Walker had a very poor lapse of judgment in uh, pushing that uh, Buffalo Bills uh, trainer. Or uh, assistant uh, medical personnel member uh, there, and I just cannot fathom why you would push someone like in that situation again. Just a complete lapse, and I know Quay Walker has apologized for it. Uh, We'll all move on. uh, I'm seeing it now, but at the same time, I just do not know what ran through Quay Walker's mind in that moment. That is my worst of the weekend. Yeah, when the when the spotlight for
2: the past week has been on the training staff and how they literally saved a guy's life. Right. And now you're going to turn around and shove them. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say. Not a good look. Not that a good was look. also going to be my worst. I yeah. have that. I'm showing. I'm showing. That's Ryan. why I said I. Yeah. you can do your best. <laughs> yeah. first. I'm, I'm showing said. my I'm showing Ryan my yep. uh, my laptop where I have the Quay Walker stuff pulled up. However, I do have another worst and mm-hmm. I will give that along those same lines. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, had a sack, I believe it was, or a tackle for a loss. On Deshaun
1: Watson. On, okay, yeah, on and Deshaun that, Watson, right? Right. I hey, the celebration.
3: You, I, didn't uh-uh. the, uh-uh. I didn't see the. I didn't see. I thought
1: you were calling it. There was a. There was two things. One, they just completely destroyed Watson's face mask, and a, there was a no call on that. And then there was a oh, sack. I of, all that. And then there was a sack of Watson that was in no way roughing the passer which they called so they made two just horrendous calls one in favor of Watson one against but yeah there was they they just literally sacked him and he ro- rolled over and they called a <laughs> roughing the passer and there was another time where they full on it like back when there used to be 15 and five yard face masks. like this is definitely the 15 yard variety yeah. completely missed I thought yeah, that's where you're going I might have uh, Oh, uh okay so
2: uh I, I had to pull it up here Uh, so it was Alex Highsmith he had a uh, sack of Deshaun Watson and uh, Highsmith laid flat on the ground and one of his players came up and performed CPR on him oh no oh
1: no yeah.
2: Well, this per- both pertains to the DeMar Hamlin. Oh, exactly, cool. well, yeah. No, that's exactly what yeah. I'm saying. Um, yeah, he laid down and one of his teammates comes up and acts like he's doing CPR on him. Like, ooh, that's a little bit bad taste right now. Yeah, for- again,
1: I'm not saying you have to change the way you do everything forever, but but for a week. Can yeah. we not forget about it six days later? You right. know? Can we get through the rest of this season? I just, Yikes. I mean, and I know that's a classic celebration, but... <laughs> Sure. It's kind of like John Rothstein. John Rothstein, we love him on Twitter. Talks college basketball all the time. Tom showed me the celebration. Now that's just not not good timing. Yeah. Uh, and John Rothstein had a tweet the night the Demar Hamlin thing happened, where he was he made some re- reference to needing uh pills for your heart. Right. Because of how close the college basketball game he was watching. And and he tweeted that like two minutes after Hamlin went down. Oh good. And so he had to take it off because again just awful timing right of right. it. He didn't even know that was going on. Right. But still the the timing of some of this matters. All right, yeah. Cam, your worst of the weekend.
3: Um I don't really have a I don't think I really have a worst of the weekend. I don't think. Yeah. No, I'm good. Okay, all right. All right. Well, then the do your best of the
1: weekend. Um, uh, that's not how this
3: works. We'll forgive yeah. you for
0: this
1: time. You were a last minute addition to the <laughs> show. So,
3: so go, all right, to, um, what, best, best, of the weekend. best of the weekend. Oh well, uh, my Falcons. They sure. won. Yeah, that that's that's that's. <clears throat> I, I kind of have two, but I'll, I'll use that one as my one because I don't want to take what could be another one uh, from one of you guys. Um, <laughs> Falcons got the win this weekend uh, to close out the season really strong. I mean, it was led behind all of our rookies. Tyler Algier breaking the rookie rushing record uh, with 1035 yards and having not even started the entire season. I think that's a testament to how great of a player he can be. Um Desmond Ritter through his first two touchdowns as an NFL quarterback. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what he'll be able to do. I think the Falcons still bring in a veteran to to have some competition for him, but I think he might be in uh, be able to ultimately be uh, be the guy for the Falcons, and that's really exciting. And Drake London had a great game. Um, a great game himself his first 100 yard game six receptions 120 yards um a, a great game a great win for him for for desmond for for the entire team um and drafting eighth overall in the in the upcoming draft so i'm, I'm excited to see um the future that the falcons kind of have in place so i i'm, I'm liking what i'm seeing all right. Uh, Tom, your best of the weekend. Uh,
2: my best of the weekend, we, we've been talking about DeMar Hamlin and, yeah, and that injury figured. released from the hospital. That's Yeah, that was going to be I, the I, other one that I was going to do. So, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's hard to say there's much better news than that. When we watched a guy literally die in front of us on national television and get resuscitated back, and now he's been released from the hospital. Uh, incredible. And, and I'm ready to hear his words. Uh, we've seen him on Twitter. He's done some. Uh, he sent some tweets out. Uh, was definitely watching the game. Wait, wait, yeah, do, was. Wait, so is your best going to involve anything with the Bills? Yep. Okay. I'll leave. <laughs> See, it alone. I knew, I knew I'll that both al- was going to be. I'll leave it yeah. alone. I, I know where you're going. Sure, yeah, because I was going to say it too, but i uh, I'll, I'll let, I'm not going to steal your thunder. Sure. Uh, but Demar Hamlin being uh, released from the hospital and able to go back to Buffalo is just an absolutely incredible story for for what we saw happen in front of us on national television and uh it me as a first responder i've i understand and i know the seriousness of having to do cpr but i also understand the realities of when typically when it's time to do cpr it usually does not work out well Mm -hmm. um it, it just usually doesn't uh but the fact that the the fact that he was able to get medical care immediately is what saved his life, but it's still scary when you see it because I mean that's the worst of the worst i mean he he's literally dead and brought back to life yeah that that was incredible but uh good for him being
1: released from the hospital yeah and uh just to add to yours real quickly you know i was uh I, I saw a video of uh, of Rex ryan uh talking about themar Hamlin and you know yeah. referencing the situation where he uh, woke up and, and asked if they won the game yeah. and, and the uh, doctor said uh, you won you won the game alive." life and uh, Rex Ryan was very emotional and he was just saying that he needed that that we all needed that as fathers and uh, coaches and and that sort of thing to hear that uh, very heartwarming but um, yeah my best of the weekend involves uh, the Bills because my best of the weekend is Naheem Hines Running back Dude. the opening kick, not e- not even the first Bills possess like not even like the Patriots possess the ball first for open the second half. The first, first snap touch. or first touch of football, better way to put it, first touch of the football after Demar Hamlin is a return for a touchdown for Buffalo. Sports um, is so poetic and uh, times yeah. uh, and so just really heartwarming stuff there obviously the bills now have this emotional element to them it's going to be very hard for other teams to overcome yeah. but uh and uh, again it's hard not to think about lamar hamlin uh and and watching this week of football and so best and worst they're kind
3: of involved in um, the way josh allen in his press conference said i think he said it had been three months and three days since the last kickoff return had happened oh really that would yeah add another layer to yeah it. so it is really crazy and in his in his uh in his i think his post-game <coughs> press conference he was talking about that and i mean again yeah another element i think that's just absolutely insane
1: and those are our picks for best of the and best and worst of the weekend if you missed that you can check out the podcast <laughs> presented by coca-cola
0: but just a minute left in the show today so we've got to do this our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening here's sports calls nightly tv guide
1: sports calls nightly tv guide brought to you by white claw hard seltzer of course as you may have heard the national championship game is tonight georgia and tcu the last college football for quite some time that's six forty-five on espn i know sad day let's go Uh, frogs if you are into (laughs) literally anything else here's a bunch of movie picks for you uh, Tarzan 6 o'clock on Disney That's the 1999 Tarzan Ride Along With Kevin Hart 7 o'clock on Great Max movie. That is a very funny movie 7 o'clock on Paramount It's The Bourne Legacy um, And at 9.30 on Paramount Just keep it at Paramount If you like movies tonight It's Tom Cruise In the original Top Gun And those are The pictures for the Nightly TV Guide Presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer And uh, that will conclude the show today. Tom, I enjoyed it. We'll see you again soon. Yes, sir. And Cam Berry, I enjoyed it. Uh, Glad you had a fun time this weekend. We'll see you again soon. Yes, sir. See you next time. And uh, we appreciate Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC for joining the program today as well. And, of course, we always appreciate all those who tuned in and called in. For Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, my name is Ryan Lavoie. Enjoy the national championship game tonight, and we'll talk about it tomorrow.